You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. And welcome to Ring Post Radio Nights, the only show where, just like life, it never dies. I'm your host, Ryan Eitzy, and of course, it's Ring Post Radio Nights, folks at home. So glab, glab, grab a glass of wine, grab a rosé if you're feeling fancy, grab a white, grab a red, grab something a little bit stronger if you like. But uh, it's Ring Post Radio Nights, kick back your feet. And enjoy the smooth soundings that is your host, Ryan Icy, and your co-host with the most toast, Scotty Edwards. Scotty, how you doing today on this beautiful Ring Post Radio Nights? Oh, I'm doing wonderful. A lot of wrestling this weekend. Yeah. There's always a lot of wrestling, though. So it's like next weekend's kind of a week off. And then... And then after it, that. And then all in. <laughs> and then all in. And then all out. Yeah. Um, and a WWE pay-per-view, question mark? Uh, yeah, first weekend of, first Saturday of payback. September. Payback, yeah. Yeah, so double hitter that weekend, so, you know, we're good. We, <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot, but we're building towards all these big events, right? Uh, the mm-hmm. G1's over. Finally. We'll talk yeah, about that, of course. Give our, give, get to give our full thoughts on the G1 now that that thing's over. I saw some people talking about, like, oh, it's like here and there. It's like it just started yesterday. I was like, no. No, I never <laughs> felt that for a moment. I was like, this tournament's never going to end. Um, but, yeah, I'm doing good. I'm, I'm looking forward to talking about a little bit of everything today, pretty much. Yeah, we got a, a lot of stuff to talk about, kind of all over the place, kind of scattershot today. Um, we're, of course, going to talk about the G1 Climax Finals. We're going to talk about Stardom X Stardom, those two events that took place today. We're going to preview Multiverse United 2, the Impact New Japan uh, co-promoted show happening next week. We're going to preview... Most hyped match featuring Stardom Talents and none of these two <laughs> promotions. True. Well, there's the Impact Talent in there, too. And it's a classic... Yeah, f- and it's a legendary four-way. We all know this. All, yeah. all the legendary women's four-way I matches. Protect everyone. 
Uh, we'll preview the All-Star Junior Festival that looked like a pretty good show up until the latest announcement. Uh, I have some hot takes on All-Star Junior Festival, the idea. And um, yeah, I think, uh, and of course, we're going to talk about some of the, the news that broke regarding the WWE UFC merger that's coming down the pipe. Um, we'll talk about the timeline with that whole thing. And of course, uh, talk about the the biggest news in uh, sports this past week, which is the UFC lawsuit uh, and how that is proceeding and what that court sort of looks like for WWE. And, and I'll tell you this much, Scotty, it looks like MLW's got a chance. They got a real shot, if you can believe it. Um, but of course, we'll get to all of isn't, that and more. Isn't your favorite company running a big show soon? Uh, the NWA, MLW. Yeah. You got to pick one. Uh, I, I, I couldn't <laughs> tell you if the MLW. For some reason, I have to hear about the NWA once in a while. I haven't been talking about the NWA in like a year. Sure, you have. <laughs> sure, you have. Yeah, because you're watching all their shows in secret, but uh. Yeah, woo, more WWE legal stuff. Nothing nothing excites me more than more WWE legal stuff. Where is this NLW pay-per-view? Not this weekend, but next weekend is when that is. MLW has another pay-per-view? No, sorry, NL- NWA, that's what I meant to say. Oh, oh, MLW... They're running, they're running against All In? Uh, Technically, yes. <laughs> we have RevPro, too, that week. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. I th- and if I'm not mistaken, I actually think MLW have, yes, they do have an event, a big show, September 3rd, Fury Road. They are up against Payback. So, yeah. Uh, company. Okay. <laughs> actually, no, Payback September 2nd. September 3rd, they're up against All Out. My apologies. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> I don't know what's better. I don't know what's better for them, but... uh Yes, that is that is your quick little updates on MLW and the NWA. But we're not here talking about that. Um, you know, we did uh, have a big old conversation last week about the, you know, all-in conversation. Now it's kind of sort of off the boards here. We did have a big old conversation about all-in last week, uh, the women's division as well. And, and then we got some more announcements. So I just want to give a quick update on that as well, Scotty. How are you feeling? We got We actually got some proper matches announced so far. Um, but there's a lot of other news that kind of behind the scenes matchmaking that's sort of broken in the past week as well, that it's got everyone in tizzy. It was a big t- talking point over Twitter. Nice work. Nice uh, work you're welcome. I-, I always like to throw in a tizzy now and then. Um, so let me just get a quick, very quick update on this, uh, all in discussion. Are you feeling better about it? You feeling worse? You feeling the same? Okay. So I'm definitely feeling better about it like overall because last week what we we had nothing correct we had, what, two matches maybe <laughs> we, we had some uh, uh, supposed matches so like i definitely feel better because one of the two of the matches that they've added include aussie open versus mjf and i'm cool like that's exciting um in a pre-show match so it should be really good right even though i'm always uh i'm always a bit weary of the double wrestling one night matches you know Especially when it's like kick off the night and then, hey, we're going to have these two main events tonight later on. You know, because things happen. Um, that's fair. But that's that's exciting. It's an exciting pre-show match that makes you want to watch at 12 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. 
British Standard Time. Uh, yeah, and it's a shame that the so- it's shame that one of the best it's shame that the best tag team in the world is on the pre-show. But you know, hey, they're a Ring of Honor talent, so I get it. I guess uh, getting the graphic for the Bucks and FTR was like an exciting moment because it's like, all right, finally we have like this this. I was saying this Ryan before the show even started how what this show was missing was like a match that went all in with announced you would expect to be on this card you know like everything else has been either built through story or stuff like that what just makes sense like what's a big time locked in match you want to put on that card it's that it almost should main event I know it's not going to main event um so overall I'm feeling better, but I'm still like I think we're trying to protect all out too much. And like the mindset that I had was within one week you could build up matches for that show based off of what happened at all in. You know? Instead of doing the of course reported Omega, Ibushi, Hangman versus Takeshita, and the Bang Bang Gang. You could have easily just did. I don't. I don't know. Like I just don't know because like I would have just had Omega and Takeshita on the show because Kenny Omega in a big singles match at All In I feel like is more fitting of AEW sure. than anything else and i know some people are like well the main event of the last all in was a trios match and i was like uh-huh mm-hmm. and your point and i was like do you remember like one of the big reasons people were excited for that show because Kenny omega had a singles match not a trios match a singles match so uh there's still a lot of room and i'm hoping i'm hoping that besides that match we're adding you know we'll add cm punk Samoa joe i'm gonna assume jericho and osprey still very likely but i need some more because uh i'm looking at this card right now it just it just miss i think it's missing one more banner type match you know yeah i think like like in the company like the idea of Osprey Jericho kind of sounds seems like a, like a dream match scenario. I remember reading somewhere that uh, apparently there was another conversation about Danielson versus Omega on this show, um, but obviously that got canned. Um, even then, it's just it hurts. Yeah, you know. So it, it's just sort of like it doesn't feel like there's enough. I so I tweeted this out when everyone was a uh, uh, quote unquote in a tizzy. Um, mm-hmm. when they when they were talking about this uh, elite versus gold, uh, Bullet Club Gold, which Bullet Club Gold, by the way, just just top tier. The MVPs of the company are arguably as of, of the last couple months. Yes. Uh, Ever since Collision started, I think they're the MVPs. Agreed. Agreed. I'm greatly enjoying them. Their last promo thing with Juice Robinson, <laughs> I tweeted that that was the most BTE skit thing they've ever done on Dino, or on AEW television. Anyways, uh, you know, when everyone was kind of complaining about that, I was just sort of saying, like, you know, I sort of forget my point what I was going to say here, but it, but it's still the idea of, like, you have another pay-per-view afterwards, so you kind of, like, screwed yourself there. And because you have to, like, say, you can't do all your big matches at All In. You have to do it also at All Out because you're just trying to sell two pay-per-views at this point. Um, 
the whatever happened with the streaming stuff kind of screwed up this whole thing. Supposedly, there's some streaming stuff that fell apart. And then, you know, you had like you lost, you know, any booking you could have done because the elite were negotiating their contracts, you know, Um, after Blood and Guts, it was kind of just like they were in limbo for a little bit. So you couldn't really build. You lost like two weeks of storytelling you could have done. I'm sure they knew by then, though, that those contracts were going to be accepted. Sure, but there is still like, something. They have been talking for months. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Supposedly, so, like, yeah. You have to have an idea, right? Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, this, you know, this might work out. Yeah, I I agree with that. But uh, obviously, like you know, there was some time taken taken off, and uh, now that you're you're back, you have to refigure these things and have to reload these things. And I just think everything you got injuries, you got poorly timed stuff, and it's it's kind of missing. That was, that's my, what my ine- the inevitable point was. It was that <clears throat> I don't... My biggest gripe with it so far is that it feels like it's missing the specialness that the first All-In had, um, where, you know, it was just All-In because, you know, we're going to go... F- Cody Rhodes. You're so right. You're exactly right. You're no, so you, right. you know what? I'll, I'll remind that. You're missing Nick Aldis. That's what we're missing here. Um... <laughs> It's more so that, like, I mean, even then, that was an NWA title match, right? Like, that sort of idea of, like, it's not just all-in because they went for a 10K arena. It's all-in because it felt like the all of the indies were coming together. NWA were be, was being represented. Lucha being represented. Um, uh, women's wrestling. And, you know, it, it felt like, you know, the Pantheon of four-way women's matches. All women's matches were represented. It felt like everything was all coming together in here it's just like it it just feels like another AEW pay-per-view card right now and it just sort of feels like it's missing some specialness like when people thought of like you know Mercedes coming in I think that was part of it is that that has that specialness and having a strong women's title match New Japan strong women's title match kind of would work and make sense for we're all coming together like it almost feels like all in to me in this day and age should be that cross promoted New Japan impact triple A, maybe not triple A and New Japan. I guess that's difficult, but it should be, you know, sort of like here's everyone we're working with and we're all coming together to put on this show in front of 80,000 strong. That's what it sort of feels like the specialness of all in is missing. Um, and right now it just feels like an AEW pay per view. And it's just like, well, by now that you exist you've hurt all out as well and so it's just it's diluted the weekend or diluted the week really is what i feel like i think i'm just missing singles matches i mean that's also true (laughs) like like to me singles matches are the big matches agreed well i love tag team wrestling that's why i'm very excited about ftr and the bucks that's probably my most anticipated match but it's missing big time singles matches like a lot of what all in was was you know all this and Cody, Kenny and Penta, mm-hmm. uh, Okada and Redacted, um, <laughs> MJ, MJF and Matt, Matt Cross. You can even say, yeah, there were a lot of singles matches on there, and I just feel like we have settled for it being so many tags. And listen, listen, I know the tags are going to kick ass. I'm not an idiot. Like, I know how AEW trios matches go. Yeah. Like, the trios match <laughs> I just talked about, probably going to be fantastic. Yep. One of the best matches at the last pay-per-view, 
was a big person tag. I'm not crazy. Like, I know these are going to be good. Yeah. It's just this show should be better. You, like, for example, Shingo Takagi is going to be there. I know he's going to be there. He's there he on the weekend. The night before. Mm-hmm. Why is he not just on the card? Right? Maybe he is. Maybe he's that other guy with uh, Eddie Kingston and Orange Cassidy that we're not naming. That's always possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, in what seems to be coming together, because there were saving Moxley and um, Eddie for the for the week after. But why are we? Why does all out feel like a bigger card? I mean, what what like, are all we? All out starting to feel like a bigger show to me. What do we know about all out? What, let's let's say this. What do we know Cash about? Omega. Suppo- well, supposedly, of course. Oh, I'm going supposedly, but sure. It seems like this is the way we're going. Uh, Eddie and Mox. Luchasaurus, Darby Allen. Yeah, that's nasty. Uh, um, Powerhouse Hobbs and Miro, another singles match, big uh-huh. singles match for mm-hmm. two guys that you know have been big company guys. Um, I'm sure there will be something with MJF and Adam Cole. You know, I'm... <sighs> MJ- MJF the... Punk. You know, sh- sh- I, it is I, Chicago. I, they would have to really kick into gear there. My, the, the, overall, the biggest problem kicking the full gear is they're taking away from each other. Yeah, yeah. These, these are supposed to be your two biggest shows of the year because I always thought All Out was bigger than Double or Nothing. I know some people feel, but like All Out's the big show in Chicago. That felt like their big show. Yes. And now you have All In taking from that. It, that and, That's why I feel like if you did more of a show with us and all of our partners, you know, yeah. have a Rev Pro match in there on the on Zero Hour, have a New Japan match in there, you know, have a have a impact match. If you did that, I wouldn't do that in the arena though. I wouldn't do that in the <coughs> biggest arena possible. I would highlight AEW in the best possible way. Sure, sure, sure. But my point there is that if you did that, you would then be able to save more matches for All Out for AEW specifically. I repeat, maybe we should just not book these one week apart. Well, uh-huh. I I, well, I think in it, hindsight, Tony Khan greatly uh, uh, did not want that to happen. If All In was MJF and Adam Cole, Omega and Takesha, Moxie and Kingston, Joe and Punk, FTR and Young Bucks, we wouldn't be saying anything. Sure. That's a huge card. That is a huge card that's fitting of the big arena show. And I am not, I, I have said this to people this past week, I am not registering in my brain yet that a company that isn't WWE is running a big-ass football stadium. Yeah. And is packing it. I have yet to have that and breaking, in my brain. Breaking record, all-time records. Yeah, so like, when the show actually turns on, on the 27th, I'm just going to be sit there in amazement. And listen, I know I'm probably going to love the show. Oh, yeah. The crowd's going to be unbelievable. And it's going to be great. It's going to lift it up. I just, I just hope they have a little, I hope they have something up their sleeve. Yeah. I will also say, though, I think all of this as well comes down to AEW's thoughts and direction of not pushing a pay per view until like less than a month before. Yeah. Absolutely. And supposedly that works for them. And it doesn't matter to me because, you know, ultimately you and I are watching the show regardless. So it's hard to account for that, see if it actually works. But 
I don't know, man. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be great. I mean, I don't know. At the same, end of the day, it's like it doesn't fucking matter because it's going to be a great show, you know? So it's like, right. It's exactly. it, it's kind of a wash at this point. It's just I'll, I'll it's just I I have to just accept my overlords of none of it. None of this preamble stuff matters because it's going to be great. And until it starts being great is when they can start actually being, you know, pushing their, themselves better. But right now, until they have a bad pay-per-view, which they kind of had uh, mostly a bad pay-per-view, I thought. Well, not no, not mostly. I forget which pay per view. I'm trying to remember. There was a pay per view where it was like mostly bad except for the last two matches, or it was mostly good except for the last two matches. Oh, um, it was it was this year? Nothing? I think it was double or nothing. Or I think you're right. Um, yeah, but even then they bounced back with Forbidden Door. You know, until they have like a string of this th- these things, it's not. They're gonna be fine. So it doesn't matter. Like that's the at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Um, let's move on. Let's talk about the UFC lawsuit Ooh. that kind of put together. What's that? Got a little update? Oh, so you see this uh, daily update from, I think it was Meltzer. Daily update uh, from oh, Meltzer? Yeah, it is 38 minutes ago. All right. Um, here we go. Regarding questions about CM Punk off-screen promo on Adam Page, this was not storyline or anything like that. Page was actually sent to Greensboro last night to do a pre-tape interview backstage for Wednesday's Dynamite show. And when we got there, and when he got there, was told that he would have to do it away from the Coliseum and not to go to the show. He wasn't booked to appear in Collision itself. This was not the Jim Ross interview with Kenny Omega that was taped, but not in Greensboro last night, Wednesday, which will announce the Omega match for all in. Punk got a mixed reaction during the show itself, but when he ran down Page for no apparent reason, he was booed heavily. Yada yada yada. Um, so, so, so seems like the the Punk promo. Go there. The Punk promo was not planned. Is that what, that's what he said? Yes. Or, or at the very least, the the what he, which I kind of coincides. So you have that other the VOW report saying where it was, you know, th- it was planned but not really what the content was, you know, is like better to ask for forgiveness than permission. So in that sense, that kind of correlates that the, what the content of his promo was not planned. Um, but then also page was there in the area to film something, but not at the arena. Uh, that's, that is weird, which also that kind of ties into, that kind of feels like that ties into, you know, if this is leading somewhere, why would Page need to be at the collision things? You know, maybe maybe we are going Page Punk down the line. You know, maybe that's that it. That's more. That would be crazy. <laughs> there, there's more fuel of that fire. You know, you know, all out Chicago. Maybe instead of MJF versus Punk, it's Page versus Punk. That would be crazy. <laughs> I mean, that re-signing like changes everything, right? Because like, agreed. They had their shot to leave. Yeah, yeah, uh, and, and it's obviously, <laughs> yeah, it's obvious. It's obviously something that Punk wants to do is these these matches. So um, I don't think he wants to do anything with Hangman. Truthfully, but, well then stop. You got to stop bringing them up. <laughs> yes. I agree. I hundred percent agree. <laughs> I, that's what I mean. Like I'm supposing that he still wants to do it if he keeps bringing it up and until he stops. Like you know, until he starts focusing on Joe or Starks Please or Jay White. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, let's talk about it. Uh, UFC lawsuit on WWE. So there was a um, there's been a long standing. If you don't know, there's been a long standing lawsuit pending for the UFC uh, regarding sort of an antitrust lawsuit 
uh, for, I forget the years, but for a, a large section, I think it was like 1,200 or 12,000 fighters or something crazy like that, um, for a range of years. And basically, uh, the argument being that uh, there is an antitrust lawsuit against the UFC um, <clears throat> for um, basically monopolizing the industry. Now, yes, there are arguments against it where like, hey, they're not probably not, they're not a monopoly. There's Bellator and there's all these other instances of the UFC. Uh, but as the court filing recently this week uh, stated, it's not necessarily uh, how other businesses can still succeed or not succeed outside of the UFC. It's more so using the UFC using its power and leverage to uh, hurt the other competition. So you have instances. Very funny because they don't really have any, but that's fine. Yes, but that's what the that's what the uh, lawsuit is, uh, or that's what the judge is uh, believing in this case is that it, we're trying to find whether or not the UFC uh, is using their power and leverage to hurt other competition and also hurt the the uh, fighters' ability to make more money. Um, so you have that sort of a. a, a uh, court filing this past week. There's different instances where um, the, the uh, uh, there's different instances where the court finds UFC uses quote ruthless coercive techniques to keep fighters from enjoying free agency. Um, there are other quotes similar to that. Um, different various clauses in UFC contracts. One that was like a champions clause, where if you win a championship anytime in the UFC, it adds that amount of that whatever the length of that reign is, is added to the end of your contract. So you have a longer contract if you win a championship. Uh, just some insane stuff like that. Um, you know, uh, same thing if uh, all of this you can find with at Eric McGracken. Uh, he's been a longtime uh, combat sports lawyer and he's been the guy looking over all this stuff and tweeting it out. So he's saying, you know, also if UFC is not a monopoly because there are other MMA promoters, he says that's not how antitrust law works. It's do they have so much power they can unilaterally set elite fighter pay in the U.S.? The court is saying yes, that they have an unquestionable concentration of power. Uh, it's a double whammy for the UFC is that it could force them to pay billions uh, either in a settlement uh, for all these fighters, or uh, by ultimately losing the case. Um, obviously, they can afford to do that because the UFC have a bunch of money. Uh, it can provide injunctive relief uh, so they can stop doing all that anti-competitive stuff. Um, so the UFC would have to change how it works basically as a business to avoid stuff happening like this again. So the question is, obviously, how this all affects the WWE lawsuit that's currently pending with MLW, I think there are various factors. One, uh, obvious, one of the more obvious ones, the WWE is currently merging with the UFC to form TKO Group. Um, so having two sort of monopoly antitrust law cases currently pending for merging companies, I don't think helps the mer the monopoly uh, discussion that that much. Uh, so that's an interesting one. Uh, obviously, we talked previously about how Jerry McDivitt, longtime lawyer for WWE, is gone. So, uh, you know, have a great lawyer uh, no longer can uh, fight against this case. Um, obviously, if this UFC lawsuit goes through, it sets a precedent uh, for the WWE MLW case that I think personally, without being a lawyer, that uh, helps MLW a lot. That's a strong precedent to create. Um whether or not WWE uses its 
market share value as a predator against smaller businesses. Now, AEW has gone the rise, but we know of plenty of stories where they uh, WWE does not uh, uh, takes uh, immoral uh, pathways to uh, stop AEW. Um, arguably immoral, but moral, I guess. But on the other hand, there's also if the lawsuit lawsuit doesn't go through, there's the ability for a settlement. Well, that also kind of sets a precedent for WWE wrestlers, perhaps, uh, wanting to also sue the WWE for a similar suit and get a settlement where they can all get a bunch of money out of it. So it's kind of, in my estimation, it feels like a possible lose-lose scenario for WWE, uh, unless they can squeak something out uh, where they aren't going to be found with that. Um, but there is obviously, as you and I know as wrestling fans, a lot of instances where WWE has done things throughout the decades against their competition. So uh, it's interesting, at the, at the very least. It's definitely a, a big, impactful news for the UFC, but this has far-reaching implications for wrestling, far-reaching implications for WWE, a company that is currently merging with the UFC. So, Scotty, with all that preamble out of the way, what are you thinking about this lawsuit? What are you thinking about WWE's chances against the MLW? Will the WWE stop as MLW never stops? I, it all just... The thing when like these lawsuits come out, especially because this one's more connected to the UFC, but does have potential implications. Like as I've said with this MLW one, originally I said, but now that there's you know, since then, since the initial one, uh, there's obviously been enough traction that it keeps going. It's still around. It's sticking around. Um, I I think the more things like this happen, the realer it gets. Does that make sense? Like the the real the better chance something happens. I don't know what something is. Like I don't know what MLW will gain out of this. Like they're not gonna get a TV deal out of it. I promise. They're not gonna get you know. They're not gonna end up on Tubi. But it can change. It can change business practices that have long been part of WWE. I mean, this is just one of those times where it actually bit them because of sloppy work. Arguably, you know, they didn't really protect it. A sloppy um, shop, if so, you will. Yeah, well, we know that it's a sloppy <laughs> shop. Um, <laughs> but like I said, it's all it's going to be wait and see until we get to the next step. But this is huge. You know, because if it's, if it's happening to the UFC, it absolutely should be happening to WWE. Yeah, I mean, and it's... It, obviously, it started with WWE, and I think... Uh, the the judge in the WWE case was obviously, I think, waiting for a ruling for the UFC thing here um, and probably presumably knew about it. And he is obviously the judge in that MLW case has definitely been, ha- thinks that there is something here. And now with this UFC stuff, uh, there's probably going to be a lot of movement now. Um, if I was WWE, I would be a little sweating because you're right. It's like the outcomes of this is millions of, millions upon millions of dollars out of cash either through settlement or a loss in the trial by wb um a win which i think is in its own right would be dangerous uh for wrestling um or uh you know also like a loss and they have to make sure they don't do this again or at least get caught so that it would potentially allow things like mlw or wb or wrestlers themselves 
to be able to move around better, uh, get different contracts and stuff, uh, get arenas and advertise these arenas earlier. Uh, you know, all of these sort of current predatory sort of business practices by WWE. Um, it, 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 it's, it's, po- I, I don't know, man. I think WWE has a solid shot of losing this lawsuit against the MLW. And when we heard about this a year ago, you and I were kind of just like, ah, oh, whatever. It's the MLW thing. It's, it's an interesting lawsuit, but I don't know how many legs they have. And as time goes on, it feels closer and closer. Like, damn, ma'am, I, I think MLW has a solid shot here. I cannot believe it. Um, but yeah, there, I, there's a conversation at the very least. Oh yeah. More than there ever. Like, I think we all just were like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it's like, all right, cool. But now, now it should be brought up. Yeah. Now it should be looked at. Now, now there's something there. Yeah. You have the judge of the case saying, I think there's something here. I just needed more evidence. And then they get more evidence. Then you have this, uh, the update with the UFC lawsuit where it looks real bad for the UFC. Um, it, it, I, I don't like I you know that's this is a precedent sort of being set that can easily apply to WWE and 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 I'll also just say this there's there's another aspect and obviously this term is being floated around via uh, different EVPs and different uh, real world champions um, you know the conversation of a union in wrestling obviously you know UFC fighters don't have a union either. And a lot of their sort of contract clause and all that sort of stuff, if they if the union existed for them, they wouldn't have these sort of contracts. You know, it, they would have been better protected. Wrestlers, if the union for the wrestlers existed, they would have better contracts and and make sure they get their money that they are owed. It's the same thing, obviously, as a IOC member. I'm supporting the SAG and WGA. That's kind of what they're fighting for right now is that these unions are there to support these people uh, so that they don't get abused by these various companies um, or used as pawns in this weird chess game that is wrestling conglomerates. So uh, as a union member myself, I would love to see a wrestling union pop up at some point. Um, I am fearful that a UFC lawsuit or settlement will go through and wrestlers won't do anything about it, leaving money on the table for themselves. Um, But I mean, yeah, it's just, it's something that uh, a lot can change, not just this merger between these two companies, but just how they act and how people can make money uh, and maybe sets this, you know, sets this table up for a, um, uh, uh, sets the table up for uh, unions down the line. I mean, you could do like wrestler and fighter union. Like you could totally do that. I think they should probably be two separate unions, but you could totally do one giant union. Uh, there's no reason not to. Um, it's be, it'd be interesting. It would be certainly interesting. I'm excited. I'm very excited. Like the next five years, it's very interesting in a legal standpoint to me. I'm very excited to see how it plays out. There's always a conversation about the union. You know, will it actually happen? Will it not? It's at least being brought up more and more. Yeah. And I think that's at least at least something to note. Totally agree. Uh, and there was also some, speaking about this TKO group merger, there was some additional news uh, this past week about the WWE and UFC merging together to form TKO group. We got sort of the, uh, from Endeavor's earnings release, 
they estimate that the expected closing of the merger is going to happen mid to late September. So we're talking about a month and a month and a half now. WWE will be merged with the UFC. Uh, they also announced um, in these new filings what the board members will look like for the new TKO group. Of course, you got Vincent K. McMahon in there. He's going to still, by the way, I believe Brandon Thurston of WrestleNomics also put this together. He's still going to have a lot of the voting power in this new board. Uh, shocked. shocked, I'm sure. He I, he still has a lot of voting power. Of course, you have Ari Emanuel. Nick Khan is also in there. Um, Steve Coonan. These are all WWE people. Uh, but the one interesting... What am I going to do for Vince to just go away? Huh? What do I got to do? Well, we were, we were... I'm glad you brought it up because one person... Now, there is an empty seat at this board right now, but one person that is currently not named as a board member that's seemingly getting kicked out of the room is one Paul Levesque Triple H getting kicked out. At one point in time, this guy and his wife, who has fallen off the face of the earth, were the people next in line for WWE and for Vince McMahon. And now, one of them, the daughter, is completely kicked out of the company, and the other kind of got demoted and got pulled back in to be the creative head, but more of like a creative figurehead for the most part, and is now supposedly no longer going to be a part of the board of this new company. Losing out more job, more money. Well, I guess board members don't really make money. But more uh, uh, say and power within this company. Will Vince Vince McMahon ever leave? I don't know anymore. No. No. At one one point, the the track was set. And then the track exploded like a 1920s railroad station. Where you just pull a dynamite tube down and then the train track explode. It's just like this whole thing has fallen apart for, for Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. Um, and they're, they're Triple H no longer board member, supposedly in a month. He's, he's a big uh, Ozzy uh, Osbourne fan, right? Triple H? Yeah. I supposedly, think. supposedly. Yeah, because there's a song where he's just going off the rails. And, yeah, I think he's uh, going to go off the rails very soon. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, WWE shit show. What do you, <laughs> what do you want me to say? Like, like Vince in power until he dies. And I think we've we accepted that years ago. We accepted that, but we also understood that we knew that this this plan B was in motion, right? We knew that like this was getting set up. You know what I mean? And then ever since he did not sign the Young Bucks, it's been hell on earth for the Levesque household. It's it's just so funny, like all of this, because there's a conversation to be had. Like a lot of people want to give him credit for like this latest boom, and I think like there is reason to give some credit, but obviously the bloodline isn't his story. Hell, it's not even Vince's story. I saw the report Sean Rossap put out. It's Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman's story. Mm-hmm. They just get to control it as long as they want, and everyone's gonna eat it up. So like, I I would also say that another help for the WWE boom is Peacock, yeah, and going yeah, on the Peacock. That should go without saying. And that's a hundred percent a Nick Khan move. 
Like what Triple H is what he's on that's why he's on the board and Triple H is man. Big Khan seemingly is turning around NXT faster than Triple H could. Big Khan was well to be fair, I don't think Triple H was trying to kill NXT like Vince was. Uh, Fair. That's a fair point. Uh so you know. Not, not that NXT was all too healthy before NXT 2.0 to begin with, but you get my point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Triple H screwed. Like, what do, you, what, do you, what do you want me to say? I say he's screwed, but like he seems to have the second and third and fourth lives too all of a sudden yeah. that Vinnie Mac has. So is he really screwed right now? It, I don't know. It's either you just keep holding on to hope and that one day, like, Vince will die and it, we have to turn to Triple H because he would be the guy that has the most experience. Or you cut your losses, get out of this before you get fired somehow, and Vince again totally takes the control of the book again uh, and leave. He was out. We thought Triple H was out. And then he was right back in. Mm-hmm. Stephanie doesn't have as much luck. But you know what? The MLW thing probably isn't helping her cause. Uh, no. You know? Triple H, on the other hand, what helps him is that he is a good figurehead to have talk in front of all these people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's what he's around for. He's and he's great at these press conferences, answer, and when, answering questions left and right. And when Vinnie Mac eventually croaks in 100 years, maybe we'll have a conversation. But yeah. until then... <laughs> can't wait till Roman Reigns is on the board. <laughs> I, I mean, the last spot's open for. look, man. Like, if you're okay, let's say Vince McMahon dies. Do you put Roman Reigns on the board? Well, no. Well, here's the thing, Scotty. Let's say Vince McMahon dies tomorrow, right? Sure. And you had to crazy. put that'd be crazy if this happened. You, I, I'll give you two I'll options. I'll give you. I'll give you. I'll give you four options. All right. You can pick two people. To run your company creatively moving forward. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Paul Levesque. Uh-huh. Bruce Pritchard. Uh-huh. Kevin Dunn. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't like these options. Or Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman. That's one. Who's your who's number two? I think Paul Heyman and Triple H would work best together, truthfully, out of those. Bruce Pritchard and Kevin Dunn's literally just keeping bits in power. Sure, that's fair. Like they're probably they they probably got something going on. But but wouldn't they be a good recorded ten years of storylines into a pair of head uh, into a secret headset that they could just play? Oh, okay, we're gonna we're gonna book. uh, uh, Doesn't matter. Uh, I don't like any of the options. Truthfully, I was about to say, wouldn't though Bruce Pritchard and Kevin Dunn be a perfect replacement for, you know post Vince McMahon's life. There's nothing perfect about Kevin Dunn. I want you to know that right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's an interesting one, my guy. It's uh don't know where we're going with this, but uh we'll we'll hell. see. We'll see, I we're guess. We're out of hell. We're out of hell. I guess like that's Vince's. true. Uh that's probably allegedly i guess i don't know i don't know how to defend myself lawyer (laughs) lawyer wise Um, allegedly (laughs) allegedly going to hell let's talk about it the new japan pro wrestling g1 climax finally some real wrestling real graphs uh it's finally come to a close this morning if you have not seen it spoilers here 
Uh, Tetsuya Naito has won the G1 Climax 33. He has beaten uh, Okada in the finals. He went on a streak of beating Tanahashi, then the new big bad Hikaleo, then Osprey, and then Okada. The new big bad Hikaleo. Hey, I think it's it's not it's actually not too bad. Uh, you, know what, you know what I hear in my head? Yeah, what's that? Naito, Naito, Naito. I think I think Ryugoku is still going. I think they are. I think they are as well. Um, so I think the best way to do it, I think now that we've seen all of the G1 Climax and know how it ended and all this other stuff, should we just go through and give our thoughts on sort of the wrestlers or uh, give our thoughts on yeah. this tournament as a whole? Go block by block. Yeah. Uh, and the final two nights, I guess. Those are probably important. Yeah, I, I think when we bring up the wrestlers themselves. If, if gonna... I could never talk about, like a lot of this tournament ever again i'd probably be very happy well you're about to talk about some I saw, of it I saw, I saw people giving grades to the tournament and i was like i hope a lot of people aren't affected by like these past two days that felt like the g1 and like you remember the slog that the rest of the tournament was when you're grading yeah uh do, do you have a grade for the g1 climax if you had the grade one the grade one climax like I know I I feel like just based on online things, you are probably under most people's. You're probably under the average. That'd be my guess. I'm probably like a C minus. Yeah, I would set the average at probably a B. Yeah, no, no, no. Let's not lie. Yeah, two two nights can't fix bad. Okay, it De- definitely of- did help. It definitely does help. To be fair, it does. It does. Actually, last two nights probably bring me up to a C. Uh, border bordering on a C plus, just because of those. Sure. Uh, but there's just think about it this way: there are so many matches that are so missable, you don't need to watch. Like, I was thinking about this: how many matches do you think? Do you think there were more matches under three and a quarter or over three and a quarter? Because I think for sure there were <laughs> under. <laughs> I think. I think for me. I probably had a little more over three and a quarter. Yeah, maybe. I, I, but, I mean, there was. I watched. I definitely, I definitely flew out a couple. I definitely threw out a couple ones, one and a halves, one and three quarters, twos. I definitely threw out a couple of those. I guess three and a quarter might be a little too. I probably said I probably should have did three and a half. Yeah, that one. I that one. I would have a tough time answering. Yeah, that'd probably be a better mark. Three and a half. Three and a quarter was a little low. A little low. So I, I think my overall thoughts on like the G1 Climax are that obviously with the time difference, it's affected things. I think like people like Okada, people that go for these big old epics, it makes their job harder. Um, with these new people, you have, you're have you know, you're showcasing them and you're trying to make them more believable and all set up all the other things. And I saw a lot of people, and probably you included, Scott, you probably a lot of people just being like, you know, this... Uh, format uh of uh, uh lower times and everything has sort of hurt the tournament in the sense that like you know okay i don't think right now we will ever see like a five-star match in the current g1 climax tournament setup of the 20 minutes oh with 20 20 minutes i think yeah no i think you're absolutely right i think right now i think 
five years from now when like the younger guys like Shota Umino, Ren Narita, yeah, like, Suji. If you put Suji and Shota in a block yeah. in five years, they're probably giving you that. I agree. I think I think these guys who aren't built on big epics yet, uh, they will be able to figure out the 20 minutes. I think the guys that have been go having 30 minutes for G1 epics for the past like 10 years uh, are having trouble. And I think that's, to me, like I see this G1 Climax as a transitional tournament. It, you know what I see it as? They probably get rid of the 32. Oh, I mean, if you dropped a couple people too, that would be helpful. Uh, that would be nice. Yeah. Go back to 28. If you, if, if you feel the need. You're talking you cutting, cutting four people? Mm -hmm. If you have this need to have this big a tournament, you can cut some people. So. Yeah, there's probably a couple people you can cut. At least, like maybe you could just go back to twenty, and no one would bat an eye. That also would be nice. <laughs> yeah, that's also probable. But yeah, I I think my big takeaway from the G one Climax this year was that it was a big old transitional year of the tournament, and I fear that it might take a couple years. But I think down the line, if you continue with the twenty minutes, uh, a lot of the younger guys will be able to figure out what makes what how to have a great twenty minute match. That's I mean, my hope. The younger guys had the majority of the great 20 minute matches in this. Tournament. And I agree. And I completely agree with that. I think they were better suited for doing the 20 minutes. And granted, they were doing draws, and that's part of it. Um, but I think they had a better time adjusting to the 20 minutes than the older guys who've been wrestling at 30s for the past 10 years. I think we, I like how we call this like an adjustment, a, uh, a development type period mm -hmm. yet we're gonna talk about it a few minutes how Tetsuya Naito won <laughs> the I didn't say where we completely transitioned but uh yeah so let's kind of go through uh we'll just kind of go block by block and give our thoughts on various wrestlers not we're not gonna go do every wrestler individually but I'll just say name of the wrestlers I mean, in I a block. Some one -word answer for sure. that's that's probably true um but I'm probably just gonna go Name all the wrestlers in Block A, and then we'll sort of give our thoughts here. So, sure. uh, Block A here, uh, we had, of course, Sonata at number one with 14 points, Hikaleo at eight points, getting the second place there. That was a huge surprise. You go to Suji at seven, Ren Narita, Kaito Kiyomito, Shota Umino all at six, Gabe Kidd at five, and Chase Owens at four. Uh, give me some of your thoughts on some of those wrestlers in that block. Giving it to Hikaleo was a crime. I'm just going <laughs> to say it. Like, like, it did nothing. Nothing for anybody to put Hikaleo in that spot. Because where's Hikaleo going to be next year in this tournament? Probably not all that notable. Let's be honest. It did help like, establish they, him as a as a threat, right? He wasn't bad. I'll say that about Hikaleo. He wasn't bad as more and more the tournament went on. He, yeah, 100%. As the tournament went on, he 100% got better. Which is good, because that's what you're supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. So, good for Hikaleo. Um, who else? Uh, Sonata underwhelming. Yeah. Um, as, as the IWGP world champion going undefeated, I expect a lot more out of you, no matter who you are. Um, and speaking of guy who I think wrestles better when he doesn't have to go 30 minutes, but he disagreed with me in this tournament outside of the Kaito match. Mm -hmm. Mostly the Suji match was good too. Um, everything else very forgettable. Uh, Chase Owens, trash. Never watched one. Uh, so don't have to worry about that. Gabe Kidd grew. He definitely grew. Once once he sort of dropped the brawling gimmick a little bit, 
he still had yeah. a little he still had a little bit, but once he dropped that, he got better. Yeah. Um Ren. Ren was a if I had Man. to say a number three for the three musketeers, that's yeah, Ren Reader yeah, right he there. Was a disappointment. Yeah. Um I thought Shoto Umino used this to break out, truthfully. I think this was like his I think people, a lot of people walked away from this turn saying, oh, that's going to be Shota Umino. And that's mm-hmm. huge for him. Sure. Because now it feels like he should have a big match at Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. That's what it feels like. Yeah. As should Yoda Suji, who Yoda Suji, obviously, both those two and Kaito Kiyomiya, they would be like my three, like, Musketeers. Just go watch all of yeah, yes go watch all of what they did yeah because they used their opportunities to get better and unfortunately for suji i think it, he took a couple of matches because they just had him lose and it was like why he lost a like, lot he didn't he didn't win until did. the chase owens match right and then he you know he ended up getting more points than the other two but mm-hmm. like his match was umino was great um, his match with Sonata, I, I liked it better than the title match, but still it was like he should have just won. Yep. Like that should have been a big win for him. Um, but he's he's obviously, he knows who he is. Um, and then Kaito Kimi, I mean, this guy was probably my MVP of block action. Yeah. Um, if I don't include the quarter, you know, the quarterfinal, semifinals, and final, he was the MVP of that. Um, and I think it's a crime that he didn't get through. Um, because I was, I, I accepted the three Musketeers weren't getting through because we wanted to keep them all on equal footing. Yeah, it made sense to me at that point. Yeah, there's no reason why he shouldn't have made it through. Well, I'll, I'll say this is like sort of a de- the defense there. If none of the three Musketeers making through in your New Japan, you you're you want to make your guys look better. So you want to sure. put if none of them are getting through, then Kaito's not getting through because. But have you considered this? I wanted to see Naito and Kaito Kiyomiya. Have you considered that at all? <laughs> I have, uh, and I think it's a fair complaint. But I think Kaito Kiyomiya was only going to get. In hindsight, it's like I think we so badly wanted that Okada match that we we'll just kind of ignored. He, there's no way he's going to get past the Three Musketeers point wise. It, it just sucks because like. He should be in the N one then. <laughs> you know he he could have easily been in the N one. They 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 he could have easily done it. I don't know why. I I mean I guess he has to heal up probably, but he could have easily a lot done of big it. matches. It's a lot of big singles matches. Yeah. Uh, before I get my uh my definitely my new thoughts. Uh, Toy Chica is banana place on YouTube. Asks us how are days going, but also who is our favorite wrestler? They'll go for a guy like Cody Rhodes. Scotty, I'll ask you because we got comments coming in. Who's your Who's your current favorite wrestler of the year right now? Uh, is, is it anyone in Block A of the G1 Climax? No, no. Um, my favorite wrestler. I mean, my all-time favorite wrestler is Mayu Itani. But mm-hmm. overall, like this year, who do I enjoy watching the most? Um, I don't want to give like a chalk pick. That's <laughs> like I don't want to give like oh. Well, well I, is pretty cool. I will say this right now on the YouTube on the video screen, there uh, our top fives are going across the board of uh, who are our current favorite wrestlers of the year based on our own individual match ratings. So, um, I've liked Osprey. Yeah, you. Uh, I've liked Osprey, Okada, Omega, the Young Bucks. 
you've enjoyed Okada, Moxley, Omega, Kinto Miyahara, and uh, who's your fifth person right now? Uh, who? Bill. Oh, Osprey. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I mean, I, I think uh, I have enjoyed Seth Rollins as well this year. I thought he's been doing pretty good work. Uh, yeah, if you want a WWE person for me, uh, Kyrie. <laughs> Eo Sky. Uh, no, Seth, uh, <laughs> Seth has done good. Uh, I think Kevin Owens has done really good in tag team action. Mm-hmm. Um, I really look forward to certain people's matches more. So I guess that's how I probably should look at like Natsupoi. I look forward to her matches a lot. Yeah. Um, I think she's just a lot of fun, and like her little matches are good. Um, it's yeah. tough to give a it's tough to give a favorite wrestle answer when you watch so much wrestling, because it's like yeah yeah because like my two favorite wrestlers like right now I guess are like Mayu and Suzuki but like I watch so much wrestling I want to give a taste of yeah everything yeah you know it's like who's my favorite wrestler in every promotion uh let me go down all right uh, here we go <laughs> oh no oh no that's that's a whole nother segment every promotion i watch that's yeah see you in a year yeah that's not uh gcw Guys with um, my favorite new japan wrestler is shoda probably I, I i love so going back to block a i love diota suji man i'm I full i am fully converted to the gene blast lifestyle i'm fully converted to the yoda tuji uh lifestyle i i'm fully in i'm fully in i love this guy uh, you talk about favorite wrestlers. I'm loving Yoda Suji. I want. You finally won me over. I finally won you over. What did I say? No, he did. Oh, okay. He, he oh, did. damn. I, w- I was hoping for a credit for me. He, the the match just showed it won me over. Yeah. I was like, all right. This is this is this is your Wrestle Kingdom main event for the next however long you want. Yes. Just put them there. Yes. No offense to Ren, but he's so much lower than these two. Just put them. I was like, put them in the main event next year. I'm not gonna bat him, right? This is great. Like they were so they they have such a great connection. Yeah. It's like, okay, New Japan's gonna be just fine. What I like about Yorosuji the most is that Renarita just feels like a Shibata clone, right? A oh. really bad version of Shibata. Sure. sure. Uh Shota Umino He doesn't hit hard enough to be Shota Umino. Uh to be Katsuyori Shibata. That's fair. Shota Umino is like this weird amalgamation of a bunch of wrestlers. Um, all coming together, but for me, Yoda Suji feels like its own guy, and that's really why I love Yoda Suji so much. If anything, I would say that like Yoda Suji has like a bunch of elite influence, throwing super yeah. kicks and and probably why people love him. Running knees and all this stuff. His spear that that Osprey spear in the tag match today was freaking killer. Uh, I, I'm I'm enjoying so much out of Yoda Suji. Uh, I'm really upset that they already gave him the title match. Or or it hasn't been announced yet. I, I did see that there's a press conference today that supposedly it's Royal yeah. Crest 3, and supposedly that's going to be there. Um, but yes, they, they're, they're oh, throwing me into so another... We won't, we won't get to even see it when it happens. No, of course <laughs> that's not. That's the case. Uh, we'll have to wait a month. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, supposedly that match is happening in Royal Crest 3, assuming that show is happening why is why is royal quest 3 happening i don't know uh it happened last year yeah i think royal it did quest? i think it did crap. Mm-hmm. and oh. then the other one was 2019 and then obviously the pandemic happened okay well that's a good spot for it. i'm just upset about it because i 
I want the I want Shota and Yoda to get big matches at Wrestle Kingdom. Yes. And like And by that you mean it, you of course mean Shota Suji, his twin brother. Of course that's what you mean. Yes, right? of course. Uh, I want those two but in all seriousness, I want those two to have big matches. Yes. I don't see how we get that big match if we're already giving Yoda the one now, because I'm sure he doesn't beat Osprey. I mean, I was about to say that. You just gave Osprey a new belt. You just gave Osprey a new belt, and obviously Yoda Suji has these Rev Pro ties, but like, he. Is it a good idea for him to lose another title match this soon? I mean, Shooter, he's lost what? Against Osprey last year? And then Saber. And then Saber, and then I think that's it. But he's been around. He's got a lot of wins since then. I mean, Suji. He has more ref pro ties. Suji. <laughs> he was there the whole time. Suji has more losses than wins right now, and he's getting another title shot, which he's probably going to lose. Yeah. I would be shocked be match, I, if he wins. I, I if, wanted that book for Wrestle Kingdom. If he wins, I could see them doing Yoda Suji versus Shooter at Wrestle Kingdom for that title. That could be interesting. Yoda Suji versus Shota first time at Wrestle Kingdom for the UK title. Yeah, right? baby. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm the talking title about. Is, the title isn't needed. That's fair. That's fair. To be fair. But hey, you know, Block uh, A. Block A. Beyond that, uh, yeah, Ren Reader was a disappointment. Kaito Kiyomiya was uh, pretty good. Shota Umino was pretty good. Gabe Kid got better. Chase Owens did his thing. Uh, <laughs> that's all I'm going to say about that. Trash. He, trash. he did his thing. Uh, that last match, Sonata versus Chase Owens, I hated. Um, <laughs> worst match of Block A. Um, and then, yeah, Sonata, I guess, was whatever. And Hegaleo, like I said, he got better. Block B, Kazuchika Okada, first place with 12 points. Will Ospreay at 10 points. El Fantasmo, Taichi, Tangaloa, Kenta, Great Khan, all at 6 points. Yoshihashi at 4 points. Jeez, I didn't realize Yoshihashi was that low. What do we think about Block B? I'll, I'll go first, I guess. Uh, I thought Okada was weirdly like a he he did really well, but like a disappointment compared to his like previous years and previous G one output. Um, in that sense, like you know when you're expecting four star matches every night and you don't get it, it's I guess a weird disappointment. But he obviously stepped up in the playoffs and stepped up in the finals. Obviously, Will Osprey. I think Will Osprey was the best wrestler of the tournament for me. Uh, every match of his pretty much killed. Uh, he got great matches out of people that I never expected will get great matches out of. Um, and yeah, El Fantasmo, uh, I, I think he was fine. I wasn't like jazzed about El Fantasmo too much. Taichi was good. Tonga Loa and Kenta, by God. If you're talking about cutting, slimming down the G1 climax next year, I, I'm sorry, Tonga. I'm sorry, Kenta, but Jesus Christ. Great Okan. I don't know, man. He wasn't really doing anything this tournament. That was disappointing to see. I think Great Okan doesn't work as a babyface. I mean, you think he's trying to bang a babyface and he doesn't know how to work it, and it just is not doing anything. Yoshihashi was uh, good. I, I'm I, I'm like, Yoshihashi, by the way, weirdly high on my uh, wrestler ratings this year. Uh, You're a Yoshihashi maniac, baby. At the end of June, he was rated number nine. <laughs> <laughs> I not be watching enough <laughs> I know that's what I said. I was like, "How the fuck did Yoshihashi get this high?" But let me see where he's at right now. Um, but yeah, Yoshihashi surprisingly high in my ratings. Obviously, a bunch of G one climax matches uh, 
It's really helped him. Yeah, he's currently 27 on my ratings uh, right now. That's better. That's better. That's better, but that's still... Still, you may not be watching enough wrestling. That's still you, way let, high. Let me tell you where Big Yoshihashi is in mine. That's that's right above Hiromu. That's above he Sonata. <laughs> that's above ready for this? Naito. He is 93rd. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. What yeah, what what Yoshi? He yeah, like I said, above Hiromu, above Naito, above Shingo. <laughs> but, I don't I don't even know how that's possible. I, I don't know either. I gotta look I gotta look You're, into this. You, you might have to study. <laughs> you might have to figure out what the hell happened. I think Yoshiyashi's uh, my favorite wrestler this year. Uh, all of a might sudden. Be, might be. Um yeah, people lock quotes the Okada and Osprey show. Yeah, hundred percent. A hundred percent the Okada Osprey show. Uh Osprey, if you wanna like include the, the quarterfinals and finals and stuff like that. Yeah, he's probably the overall in-ring MVP. Mm-hmm. Um, because mm-hmm. his matches with Okada, of course. I thought the Phantasma match was the best match of Phantasma's life um, from what I've seen. Oh, yeah. I, I, I thought that was easily the best I've ever seen out of El Phantasma. Agreed. Um The match with Kenta was solid. The best Kenta match of the tour, for yeah, sure. So like, Easy. Should, that should tell you all you need to know. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, the Taichi match was good. Yep. The Yoshihashi match was good. Yeah, he just he just did Grey Okan match was good. He just had uh he had really good matches with pretty much everyone except for Tangelo because there was no saving that. But at least the Tangelo one had an interesting ending, in my opinion. Yeah, I didn't. I, I didn't watch it. Fair enough. Didn't watch Tangelo. Fair enough. Uh, I saw I saw the clip of him hitting Okada. And I was like, "This is the worst wrestler." Yeah, time. yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I was like, I was like, I never want to hear slander about the Usos again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it feels like after Okada and Osprey, there's a drop off uh, in the wrestlers. Taichi, in the block B. Taichi and Yoshihashi were probably like three and four in that block. Agreed. In terms of entertainment. Yeah, I'll, maybe El Phantasmo, Phantasmo in there around like three, four, yeah, five. Gets, I think they're one good match. swappable based on your preference. He had one good match that I remember. Yeah, I think was his Okada match good. I don't remember it. No, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Pretty even. much like whatever. Um, yeah, I was expecting more of El Phantasmo. I didn't really get it. any other thoughts on Block B. Feels like we don't have a lot. No. Block C, uh, first place was David Finley. Second place was Evil. Both at 10 points. Uh, Tama Tonga at 9 points. Eddie Kingston at 8. Shingo at 7. Mikey Nichols, Hanari, and Tomohiro Ishii all at 4 points. What do you think of Block C, Scotty? Um, it was a day. <laughs> it was a block. It was uh, Eddie Kingston did good. Eddie Kingston did good. His his match with Ishii was for a long time the match of the tournament. He um, went out there and gave it his all every night, pretty he much. Did. He did. You felt you felt his effort. And yeah, I think that's so appreciated, especially after a lot of the guys we've already talked about. Like, you always knew Eddie was giving it his all, and that made pretty much every match he had so much better than it had any right to be. Mm-hmm. Outside of the Shingo and the Ishii matches, and even the Shingo one was a letdown. 
in my opinion. I think that should have been a lot better. Had that been, I think, later in the tournament, it would have been better. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Uh, but the Ishii match was great. Um, Ishii did his role. Uh, Shingo, my guy. An upsetting tournament for my boy, Shingo. How so? He just wasn't in the right block. Like, I I feel like they were... Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. other blocks for him to have like just a really special run especially because i think he can do the 20 minutes well sure and like if you could swap and i and i wish i could (laughs) on paper it almost makes sense for shingo to be in this block but yeah i would almost disagree i would love to have swapped tai chi and shingo I agree. Put Shingo in block B. And Tai Chi would have done well. Tai Chi and Eddie Kingston? I mean, my God, that would have been good. It would have just did King's Road stuff. It would have been incredible. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, So that would have been fantastic. Um, If I could have made one swap. swap. Um, I thought Mikey Nichols was a big surprise. Big surprise. Shout out to the TMPK guys. Yeah. All around. All of them. Mikey Nichols... Fully coming into this, like who get who cares less about this man than me? Uh, and at, by the end of the tournament, I'm like, all right, Mikey Nichols. He made I me watch some of his matches. He, he, he made me watch his matches. That's a that's the highest compliment you can get out of Scotty. Yeah, yeah. In this <laughs> tournament, yeah, you sure can. Because uh, let me tell you, some people made sure I never wanted to watch their matches again. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Who else? Uh, who else did you enjoy or not enjoy in Block C? <laughs> talk, let's talk about uh, Evil. Can we talk about Evil for a quick sec? Evil did his job, okay. Evil did okay, his job. Eve, Eve, no one's better at doing their job than Evil. I was gonna come on here, Scotty, and say, you know, during the tournament, sometimes it hit, sometimes it didn't. You know, it, it, it's that's Evil matches. It, at a certain point, it wears on you a little bit. Sure. But by the time you got to <laughs> the ending that crowd was unglued yeah. for these evil matches yeah I'm that's tr- why they do it like i know people here hate him and they because they just listen at the end of the day a lot of people just want great matches of course you listen to those crowds he was in the right spot oh yeah it worked you're talking it was hotter than a volcano for these evil matches Hotter than the depths of hell for these evil matches. I'll tell you what, I went that Evo evil 
That evil Shingo Takagi match, Scotty. Oh yeah, that was evil. I gave it four stars. That was that that was very well done. That was so good, man. That was People like, were like this is stupid. I watched it. I was like that was great. I, yeah, I come on here. I'm like, like you know, it, I get it. It's annoying, and I think that's the problem with evil is that like when evil doesn't work, it fucking stinks. But when it but when it does. But when the right combinations of crowd and opponent and spots and nonsense all come together, evil beating Shingo and the crowd just raining, like gasping and then raining booze on evil. So good. That's the point. That's the point of wrestling, baby. That's heel heat, baby. The crowd's into it. The crowd, the crowd's, the crowd's reacting more to evil than Sonata. I'll give you that much. That's like the semifinal with uh, Okada when he hits the Mm -hmm. everything is evil and people just have like the heart attack. Yeah, everyone's like, oh no. You can hear everyone sink. Yeah. And then when Okada kicks out and then Okada hits the everything is evil, they just lose their mind. Yeah. Like this, this is why evil's here. Yeah. You don't have to like him. That's fine. But he works perfectly. And I get it. There are moments where I do not like evil. But but it's that's it's, not a match that's that not, drained me. That drained me for sure. But when that's it hits, drained me even more that that is a title match. Oh God! <laughs> but when it hits, evil matches hit hard for me, and it's I like I, I get surprised. I get surprised when I get super into an evil match because it's like it's like all of a sudden it clicks for me, and I'm like, oh wait, shit, this is really good, oh, and I, wait, it surprises on, me every time. On. I love evil. That's what you're saying. Of course, of course. Uh, Tama Tonga, I he was fine. I didn't think he was. You think he was? He was solid. Yeah, he was solid. I thought David Finley again solid. I thought he had a great final uh, match there with uh, Osprey. Uh, I thought that was a great match. Oh, uh, David Finley and the War Dogs. War Dogs, baby. Uh people are lying. I think about what. The War Dogs. I think they're lying to themselves because they want Bullet Club in New Japan to be great. It's okay that it's not. It's okay that the best Bullet Club is easily Evil? in AEW these days. I was going to say House Bullet, of Torture. Yeah, I, I always forget they're part of Bullet Club. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. Like, that's the best part of Bullet Club in New Japan. And I'm not, I'm not afraid to say that. And the best Bullet Club in the world involves Juice Robinson, baby. And of course, Cardblade. Cardblade. Listen, listen, listen. If 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 your bullet club ain't rock hard, it ain't the right one. Okay. <laughs> I've always said that. <laughs> I've always said that. Dating back to the times of AJ Styles. If it ain't rock hard, you don't want it. <laughs> yeah, it, it's um, you know, Gabe Kid got better. David Finley, I don't. Gabe Kid had some good matches. Gabe Kid had some good matches. David Finley was just sort of like Alex Coglin. There sucked. <laughs> Alex Coglin just did the shtick the entire time, and he's newer, obviously. So I'll. I was. I want to so give him a pass. Him. I want to give him a pass, but yeah, he's. I think he could have done more. He was. He was the problem with Alex Coglin is also he was like slotted into like opening night, opening match every single night practically. Uh, well, and it's like all you had to if you're gonna wrestle like that, you deserve it. Fair, but it's like all you had was like ten minutes at that point, you know. 
So I'll give him, I guess, that much. But uh, yeah. Uh, You're nicer than me. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> David Finley, I just was like, all right, David. I, I'm not a big David Finley lover right now. I'm not really enjoying him. I, uh, I don't want to necessarily say a hater because I, you know, I like the Osprey match. There was another match this year he had that I enjoyed. I like the one with Eddie. Yes, that was a good match. That had good drama. That had a good drama. He he can go. It's just he's not. You know, Bullet Cup leaders obviously have a a law of diminishing returns, and uh, boy, are these unless it's Jay White. Are these uh, he leads the best one? I guess that's true. That is true. I, I love how Bullet, Bullet Club was... If it's not rock hard, you don't want it. I love how Bullet Club was just like a faction of four guys, and now it's just a faction of various factions. All I mean, under like, the Bullet think, Club think, logo. Think about this. Think about this. If if I told you at the beginning of the year uh-huh. that the best version of Bullet Club, and it would be legitimately entertaining, arguably AEW's MVP since they got put into a prominent position was Jay White, Juice Robinson, and the guns. Would you have believed me? No, you would have said, are you nuts? <laughs> I, I don't remember if Juice was in AEW at the beginning of this year, but at the beginning of his run, he was not interesting, boring, just kind of there. The guns, no one was enjoying the guns at that time. And Jay White was in New Japan. So <laughs> at the beginning of this year, I would have been like, no fucking way, dude. No way. I mean, it could be interesting. It could be interesting. But now it's like they're they're firing on all cylinders. Everything they do works. It's so good. They wrestle well. They're great. Give me, give me, give me, give me Jay and Hangman on all of. I I pitched that to you before in our one of these slacks. It's like that makes sense to me. Do it. Just do it. Why not? There's no reason not to. I mean, I'll I'll even take. Hangman and Ibushi versus Juice and Jay White. I mean, I'll accept that. I won't be happy. I would love the singles instead, but I'll accept that if you can't get Ibushi for Chicago. Um, let's talk about Block D real quickly. Tetsuya Naito, of course, your winner at 10 points. Zach Sabre Jr. also had 10 points. Jeff Cobb, 9. Coughlin, Tanahashi, Goto, all at 6 points. Shane Haste, 5. And Toro Yano at 4. Toro Yano, obviously, who gives a shit. The last match was interesting. He went he went more heel nonsense, but that was interesting. But beyond that, Goto seemingly suffered a rib injury, so his tournament got worse. Night. What was the last night he had? Um, I liked it. It was oh, Zack Sabre Jr. He, yeah. Um, Naito. Shane Hayes was pretty decent. He was better than Naito. That is true. He was better than I expected, for sure. I think we could just say that about the two TMDK guys. That's fair. For sure. Tanahashi, uh, fine. Up until the last night, which I thought was good. Yeah, but. him and Naito were good. Him, him and Naito. Uh, you, know, you know what's the funny thing with Tanahashi? Like, he obviously still has something in him Yes. some days. Yes. Uh, it's just, I think it's better if you sprinkle it in. With he, tags and trios rather than singles. We also have to remember that that Tanahashi that we saw in the Naito match, he had a week off. Yeah. Give him <laughs> a week off then if he's going to have big matches, okay? Is that okay? Yeah, the, the rest of the tournament's like, all right, Tanahashi, I'm not really sure about this one. And then he gets a week off, comes back, and has a great match. And you're like, all right, Tanahashi's back, baby. Let, let, the, let the old man have some days off. Yeah. 
he'll come back. That's that's what all the other old guys in New Japan get. They get days and days off. That's why Kojima is still good sometimes, and Nagata is still good sometimes. Mm-hmm. That's it. There's no other old guys. You said Nagata. Yeah, I said Nagata and Kojima. Yeah, that's pretty, pretty much it. Pretty much it. Um, yeah, the other the other old guys stink. I thought Saber and Cobb were the best ones in this block for me. Um, I, uh, I enjoyed their output count, the most. Are we only are we only counting block action? Yeah, I'm counting block action. Okay, because uh, Naito got way better. Too. Well, Naito got way better being there. So I I just want to say this because I don't know if we're going to talk about, it, but Naito, he is still a top, like top. One percent big match performer. Yeah, just don't ask him to do anything else. That Osprey match, that Naito Osprey match, where he obviously has some knocked sort of injury, silly. knocked out silly, and Osprey is willing him to continue. Like Destino, go do it. You got this, Naito. That Come ma- on. That match was scary. Are we gonna talk about that? Yeah, we can talk about it right now. All right. Well, we'll just. We'll just break into this. I don't care about the block. Uh, Zach was good. Um, I'm not a big Jeff Cobb guy, I have to say. I know, interesting. You don't like him. I think he's fine. But, like, now that they're doing, like, Naito versus Cobb for the briefcase, I'm like, I don't have any interest in that match at all. Um, Mostly because I know Cobb's not winning, but that doesn't matter. Well, Uh, yeah, that helps. That match with Osprey. And that was was the G1. I know people love the final, but that match of Osprey was my match the entire tournament. It's it's mine too. I I love the final too. Don't get me wrong. I Same. love the final. The energy for the final, like Same. everything put was perfect. But in terms of the actual like wrestling, I'm you you don't top the Osprey Naito because because also reminder this is Naito showing he still got it too. Well, you know, like going into. Well, he, yeah. he thankfully he wasn't loopy for the majority of it yeah a lot of it it was clearly just towards the end and it still worked out because osprey was able to get him there mm-hmm. it was it was just it's everything that i remember loving about the g1 that's what that match was yeah like i was thinking back to like, my favorite new japan match of all time is kenny and Naito in the it wasn't even the G1 final it was the block decider the year yep. prior yep, yep, that's yep. my favorite that and great. like watching that match this one between Osprey and Naito I was like I'm watching it it, it wasn't like that level for but it was just a snitch below like it was so great and they did it last year too these mm-hmm. two mm-hmm. the same exact situation mm-hmm. they're phenomenal against one another Naito is like if you put him in a big match with stakes that he's gonna win. Uh that doesn't hurt either. Though last year he wasn't winning and he had that phenomenal match with Osprey. But if you put him in a big match with stakes, he's going to deliver no matter yeah. where he is health wise. Um obviously Osprey is too, but Yeah, I mean I phenomenal end of tournament here for Naito. Obviously the Osprey match was killer, but our tournaments, our matches the tournament. The Okada match was also great, fantastic work for Naito. Just, you know, baby face in peril work out of Naito. Yeah. I love in seeing Okada, you know, turn up the Rudo energy, turn up the heel the stuff. First time New Japan felt back to its 
like real level because of that crowd. Yeah. Like the 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 crowd absolutely pretty much living and dying yeah. for Tetsuya Naito. Yeah. That was incredible. Yeah. I I loved like the he did this back to back nights. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what sh- <laughs> that was shocking to me is like damn, this guy this guy the night previously got knocked loopy and needed help to finish the match and he goes on to have like a 30 minute classic final. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that that final is it's one of the classic finals. Yeah, and I just love like There's all, a lot of them to be fair. So I, I I love everything that played into it. I love the Rudo energy of of Okada, obviously the heel work out of him. I I love I did not realize how good a Destino into the Emerald Flosion would land. Oh, that was so good. And then when he did it, I was like, holy shit, of course. That's such a good move and a good chain of matches there. I love I love Kevin Kelly's call of Naito doing the standing 10 count or a 20 count, I guess, yeah. for the T for the knockout. And Kevin I, Ke- I don't remember if it was Kevin Kelly or if it was Nick Charlton. I think it actually might have been Nick Charlton. Saying about like Chris, Chris Charlton. Chris Charlton. What did I say? Um, Kevin? Is it Kevin Nick, Charlton? Nick? Nick Charlton? Oh, Nick Charlton. No, everybody, no. everybody knows Nick Charlton. Uh, Chris Charlton. Uh, I believe he said something about like how Okada was about to get another G1 Climax victory on a knockout. He was about to do another yeah. one. Calling back to that Ibushi match. I was like, everything played into it. All the history and everything. I love that match. It was so good. It was like... I think everyone at the at the Wrestle Kingdom want to say, "Ah, oh, New Japan's back, right?" Because they had the Omega Osprey, then they had the uh, Okada White matches back to back. And there's been a few times people just want to say New Japan's back, and I I think New Japan isn't back until they're hitting on all fronts again. Yeah. But New Japan as a must-see attraction is back. Yeah. That makes sense. Not every show is going to hit the same highs as it once did, but I think we are a couple years away from that. I think we're, I think we are on the path to getting back there. At least that's my hope. And now they're giving Naito the run he didn't get. Yeah. Because of COVID, Supposedly, yeah. Which... I, I'm assuming. I, I know. I, I, I'm assuming. <laughs> I would. I mean, bold. <laughs> it's a bold move. We saw the ticket sales of this G1 tour. Uh, <laughs> you know, they were. I mean, they were it low. wasn't until the final two nights where Naito was in the driver's seat where it kicked back in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's the guy. Yes. Like, no matter what people think about Naito in his current form, he is the guy until he says he's not anymore. Mm hmm. Which he has hinted at. He knows he's almost not. But give him that roll call that last night. Yeah. One more time. I I watched these two nights. I was like, buckle up. One more run for Naito. We're all I'm all in. Actually, that was after the Osprey match. I was like, I don't know. I didn't even need the Okada match to be like, yep, I'm in. Yeah. But you had a feeling. We all had, we all pegged Okada, uh, Naito as the winner going into this tournament. And obviously it happened. But even then, like just that, I mean, even when you expect the winner, it just that's wrestling, baby. It hits. When it hits, it hits. Ke- Kevin Kelly's best calls are often Destino. 
Yeah, I can agree with that. Any other final thoughts on the uh, G1 Climax? Um, um, I want to give a, no, I think, a quick oh. shout out to one match that I just remembered as we're talking about like the history of stuff. I yeah. love the Kaito Kiyomiya Red Narita match. Oh, that was really good. I, yeah. I love that match. That match. The, love the, the ending to that. Yes, the back and forth. Step up in Zaguri. End Zaguri. Uh, octopus stretch. Uh, Everyone flosion or whatever else he did. Oh, no, it was the, it was the German suplex or something. Straight jacket German or something. It was just like. Kaito back in Noah. Uh, supposedly, I su- suppose he's. Well, I actually don't know if he's going to be on this N1 tour at all because they're doing not every block match every night because they're doing one off so that they can do a junior junior heavyweight tag team title tournament or something so i don't really know what's happening with that i i think kaito there's a good chance he's not coming back in noah for a bit uh but the n1 tournament's not gonna last that long so i guess that's that's the good news uh but we'll see what happens but hey he's bringing roheo iwa (laughs) one of the one of the uh young lions over there with him so that should be fun um when does the uh, NOAA tournament end? NOAA tournament ends September 3rd. So, yeah, they got some... Uh, he'll be back sometime after that, I'm guessing. Uh, the only other thought I had uh, watching this tournament, I, I mentioned that, like, Great Khan uh, was kind of a disappointment and he doesn't really work his baby phase. You know what Great Khan should do? And they, they should allow Great Khan to do? They should send him to, like, all Japan. Hmm. Like put him into a smaller pond for a bit. I think he. I think he needs it. Um. I, I don't necessarily think Noah. I don't think he necessarily works in Noah. But I think you put Great Okan in all Japan just for like, you know, a run. You know, maybe he beats Yume Oagi or something. I don't know. But just you know, get him over there. I don't know. I. I, I think I, Great Okan's kind of bad. <laughs> I, I don't necessarily want to say he's kind of bad but like he just isn't working anymore right now i think he just needs and i think i think the change of scenery would help but also presumably if he goes to all japan he'd be able to play heel again sure and i think he needs that because this baby face faction stuff i don't necessarily think is working for him per se but you know that's just my take that's my take maybe put him in the cob tag team again or something i don't know um that's g1 climax uh on the docket for new japan coming up of course is the all-star junior festival that's coming down the pippity pipeline um so yeah so we have some match announcements of course uh the schedule that is announced so far is that they're having a all-star junior festival tournament with two matches and then the final that tournament being kevin knight versus clark connors and francisco akira versus mike bailey the winner of those two matches will face each other later in the mat later in the night you're also going to have Matt Seidel and Yo teaming up versus Bushi and Shun Skywalker. I'll I, watch it. I, I'm 100% watching. I cannot wait to see the interactions between Shun Skywalker and Bushi. That's what I'm talking about, my guy. Uh, Matt Seidel's cool spot there. Mm-hmm. Honestly, he can't go back to Japan, right? That's why he's never going. Like, didn't, didn't he get, like... Isn't there a situation with him why he can't actually go back to Japan? I believe, yes, he was... Uh, weed or something? Yes, 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 yes. And they're That's very shame, strict about it. Uh, he would have been a fun junior guy. Agreed. For a long time. Yeah, I, I was, totally agree. He was one. 
begin with. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe they can bring him back. I mean, I don't know when he would be able to go back, but uh, that'd be all interesting. Um, there's also going to be uh, El Desperado and Mao of DDT uh, teaming up uh, against Jordan Oliver and Nick Wayne. Uh, so you get some GCW tag team action. I mean, they're a good tag team, so I will say that they're a good tag team. I'll, I will say that. Um, there's also going to be something called the Philly Cheesesteak Cup, which will be a three-way ladder match. I don't know if it's going to be a cup at the top filled with cheese and, and meat, or there's going to be a hoagie up there or something. But it's, a, it's again, a three-way tag ladder match. So it's Hiromu, Hiromu Takahashi and Rocky Romero versus Master Wato and Blake Christian versus Doki and Lowrider. The uh, Lowrider low is, I believe, a, a, a local Texan uh, indie uh, mainstay. Um, oh, so you think Chase Owens' recommendation. Got it. <laughs> I would say that or probably Rocky. That or probably Rocky. Um, and, of course, Rocky. there are other people announced for You're this show. getting the biggest match. Uh, that's all that's on the schedule for New Japan. Am I missing yeah, a match? Yeah, well, you're, you're forgetting the biggest match. Give me that biggest match. Oh, I'll, I'll, I will give you the biggest match. Sounds like a threat. It, it, it is an abomination of professional wrestling. Um, it is. Are you, are you ready here? I'm, I, I, I believe I'm ready. Are, are you seated? Uh, currently, yes. Here, here we go. The DKC. Yeah, baby. Rich Swan. Oh yeah. And Ryusuke Taguchi against <laughs> oh. Star Boy Charlie. Oh, this must have been announced today. <laughs> Jack Cartwheel and Real Run Enzo Amore. How you do? That's that's quite the amalgamation of people. I've never. Uh, it's unbelievable, my guy. Unbelievable. That uh, wow. <sighs> There's more people announced for this show, of course. Soberano Jr. is on the show. Fugaz, Fugaz, he's a CMLL wrestler. Dragon Kid is on the show. Ace Austin, Alex Shelley, Chris Bay. Oh, uh, good wrestlers. Alex uh, Shelley's on the show. Alex Shelley's on the show. Yep. Um. Da, 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 da. Robbie Eagles, uh, TJP, Kanamaro, Cheeseburger, they are all still on. So we're still going to get plenty more matches to come. But these are some interesting Shows ones. Next week. Yeah. Any thoughts on a uh, real one? Uh, I can't believe they. <laughs> I can't believe, I can't believe you're right. I can't believe they were able to secure a real one. Surely his schedule was so packed that he couldn't. They, were, they had to move mountains just to get real well, one like, into the twenty three hundred arena. Like who got him in here? Don't know. Rich Swan. Uh maybe I don't know. I don't like. Where is he? He's working like new. I think he got kicked of. He got kicked out of MLW essentially because he didn't want to lose. <laughs> yep, that's accurate. That's accurate. Uh, MLW. He got kicked out of Major League Wrestling, the same company that still books Gene Snitsky. 
I'm surprised he hasn't showed up in uh, the NWA yet. It just feels like he would fit like a glove there. He'd probably be the world champion. You're right. I mean, to be fair, I would rather have real one be my world champion than either EC3 or Tyrus. So, (sighs) the show should be good, maybe. Uh, It's a lot of tag team matches. I mean, if it's anything like the last one, it's going to be good and interesting to see the dynamics. But, you know, if you want to skip it, I'm sure you can skip it. Well, we'll. We'll recommend good matches. Much of it next week. <laughs> I know. We'll we'll I'll certainly watch all of it because I'm crazy. Well, no, I don't You're know. Not see any of it. Not, see any there's of no it. way I'm gonna see any of it. I got my I got my bachelor's party this weekend, buddy. <laughs> any anything we're talking about is whatever you can watch. I I'm the captain. Yeah, you're the captain of next week's ship. Oh dear God. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, you're gonna be recommending to everything together. You're gonna be recommending me All Star Junior Festival USA matches. All right, here you go. Don't watch it. How, how, how? Come on, Alex Shelley's gonna be on here. Yeah, we'll see what. Uh, there's so, there's enough good wrestlers left that there could be some more good. Agreed. Agreed. There's and mostly I, good wrestlers left, actually. So agreed, and just some combination of them will be. Uh, I'm sure. Interesting. I just I'm, can't believe Haromo was on this car, and they're like, "Yeah, put him in the Philly cheesesteak bath <laughs> ladder match." What does that mean? You get something out of it? A Philly cheesesteak? Uh, a Philly cheesesteak, man. Lifetime so supply of cheesesteaks. Like, you could probably walk out of that building and buy a five dollar one. I'm sure, like right next door. I yeah, mean, it, it's Philadelphia, bro. I got the best. Here we go. <laughs> There's a restaurant that opened up nearby called Philly Bros. The best. I wonder what they make. Philly cheesesteaks, of course. The best Philly cheesesteaks I've ever had in my life. Not a joke. Have you ever been to Philly? Yes. Okay, then that's impressive. The the meat is so incredibly well seasoned. The meat to bread to cheese ratio is perfect. It's so good. I'm picking up scraps when I'm done because I just want it. I just want to order the meat by itself so I can put it in other things. It's so good. I'm a, I'm a big meat guy, and you can put that on a shirt. Start him. I take my bullet club rock hard. He takes his meat season, and this is Ring Post Radio at night. This is the best wrestling podcast in the history of wrestling podcasts if you aren't listening to this show jesus if you're not listening to this show and telling your friends about this show what are you doing you're missing quotable quotes like i'm a meat guy and put that on a shirt the only bullet club you want is rock hard God damn. Uh, this show is too good for people. We just, we just paid all this behind the Patreon. That's what, what we need what to happens, do. It. What happens if you give Juice Robinson a Philly Bros cheesesteak? He'll probably get rock hard. That, that's our mascot. That's what a I rock mean. hard Juice Robinson eating a Philly cheesesteak. That's the Rick Post Radio way to focus. <laughs> we're, di- we're, we're losing our minds here. You're going crazy. <laughs> Star- Stardom X Stardom. <laughs> yeah, this 
Somehow, this is what leads us into a multiverse <laughs> united preview. Well, we're going to go stardom make stardom first before we go multiverse. I know united. because it leads us into the preview. That's true. That there, is true. There's things needed to be known on here. That is true. That is true. Stardom make stardom. That was the stardom show that took place uh, this morning, obviously in the middle of the uh, five star Grand Prix in classic stardom way. Um, yeah, yeah, baby. We like we like to run our shows all, all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, this show I thought was an interesting one. I, uh, you online, you watched along live, obviously. Uh, you seem to love it as well. Let's go match by match here. Two matches. All right. Well, let's talk about it. Let's start off with three, two and a half. Let's start off with the steaks. Get into them, guys. The cheesesteak is great. We didn't actually eat the cheesesteak today. I want everyone to know. No, no. I had, I made dinner tonight. And what did I have for lunch, anyways? Oh, we, I was going to order Philly Bros for lunch, but they were closed today. So my heart was broken. Yeah. I'm, I'm slowly amalgamating various fast, casual, uh, uh, international food. So I got Philly Bros. I got Hibachi Express, which is this fantastic Hibachi. Express. That's impressive. It's, it's fast. It's super fast. Takes 15. It takes as I, I I leave my house and place an order, and by the time I get there, it's ready. And I just pick it up and leave. That's what you love to see. That's what you love to see, folks. Anyways, um, <clears throat> Stardom X Stardom. Let's talk about the main event first. The World of Stardom title match. Tana Kano uh, defeating Megan Bain, successfully retaining her title in 60 minutes and 32 seconds. Uh, I personally, and Scotty, I don't know if you'll be upset with me, or how you'll take how you'll take this, but in my personal opinion, this was my match of the night. I I love this. Match. It was really well done. I love it. I I thought it was executed perfectly. I thought Tam Nakano played her role perfectly. I love Megan Bain doing like like I I think I saw I think it was you that tweeted out. Saying that, like, it felt you had like that Brock Lesnar, John Cena energy a little bit with this match, especially yeah. with Megan Bain throwing Tamakana oh, yeah, out to nobody. Uh, that was fantastic. But even then, I'll go further back in time and say she had like a Vader esque energy to me, mm. if, especially if she beat her in like in five minutes and won the title. That would have been a Vader esque energy right there. Um, but she, the, the, it's so old school. And what I like about Megan Bain is. St- maintaining control of the center of the ring is such an old school philosophy and she does it so well mixing that with like tam nakano's babyface underdog chopping out the legs doing everything she can you know working the kicks to the leg at the start and having no effect and by the end it's like kick to leg oh that's stumbling her kick to the head oh that's stumbling her uh and then hitting her with uh, uh i believe it was her finisher right right then and there um but it was just I, I, I love this match. Uh I, I thought it was great. Uh definitely notebook worthy for me. So uh uh I know it wasn't necessarily your favorite. I have a guess what your favorite match was. But uh I have a, I have a little favorite uh, <laughs> a little bias for sure. I have a bias I have a bias for one person and bias against another. So That's know, fair. They work they work hand in hand. But, but I th- I thought for Megan Bain and her sort of limited debut. Yeah, big match debut. This is her, definitely her biggest match in her career and for her, her best. Her limited experience in rest, ex- years in wrestling plus coming off of a nasty injury that took her out for basically a year. 
I thought this played to all of her strengths, and and Tammy kind of nailed it out of the park, and it was a great match. It was perfectly well executed. It was so much better than I expected it to be. I think that's my best way to look at it because I I I don't I don't I can never stress this enough. But when it comes to Tamakano, you don't know what you're gonna get. Mm-hmm. She is someone who can be a great wrestler. Yep. And then she's someone who can give you headaches as you watch her because it's like, what are you doing? This was. She was the perfect person for this match. The Com- only other person that agree. might have been better was a Mayu, and that's just because Mayu, I think, expresses things just a little bit better. Sure. But either way, they do it perfectly. And Tam's smaller, so Tam actually was better, I think. You know, the height, if you look at them going head to head, it's better because Mayu's a little bit taller, too. Yeah. Um, obviously, Megan Bain's the best match of her life. Uh, she is here for more than the usual two to three months mm-hmm. from what i'm told so that's exciting i think because it means she has more time to continue working in this environment yep. and i think i walked away from this saying the moment she gets back to the u.s she signs yeah I think so. Because, like, I don't know how you pass up someone who's so different. Because mm-hmm. I think she has... And this is one thing Megan Bain has always had. She knows who she is. Like, she has known her character. She always has had an aura, a presence about her. And if you watch the entrance she had and just, like, the whole setup, it's like, oh, this is, you know, this is terrifying. And they, they worked perfectly. My only, my only complaint... Is I wish she sold the finish a little bit more. Yeah, she was like right up after that. I was like, but I mean, the German suplex before the last suplex, I thought Megan Bain was like done. Yeah, she got dropped directly on top of her head, and I was like, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. But she did a great job. She did such a great job. Tan did such a great job. Um, It's one that I think I would I would like to go back and watch just because it was quick it wasn't a long match like they they went in there they had their i don't know what, how long it was it didn't feel long. Uh, the um, match itself was 60 minutes and 23 seconds yeah like it was it was good it was different it was different from a tam main event which made it all the better um it's one that they could put their a feather in the cap on yeah and be proud of Megan Bain has had like 400 less matches than Tamakano. Yes. Put that in perspective. Me- Megan Bain can't run a match, if that makes sense. Sure. She can She can do all... She can be there rock. She can be there big. Like, she is something that Joshi companies don't often have. Yeah, and I think that's exciting for her. And that's I, I think that's also why I like this match so much is that it f- was such a breath of fresh air in Stardom. Like, mm-hmm. you know, Stardom is has a lot of good female wrestlers, and you know, the high speed is always very interesting, and a lot of the work is great. But you know, especially coming out of the pandemic, like one of the reasons I've always been attracted to like Suzu Suzuki or even like the Promise people that came in or uh, Hashimoto or any of these other people is that it was a new fresh breath of fresh air to see different people. 
and Megan Bain coming in is such a different person from the rest of these wrestlers uh, that I just I've greatly enjoyed her uh, inclusion here. I just want to point out they're doing. Go ahead. Uh, so I was just wanted to point out that she worked, you know, AEW Dark, a dark match in February of 2022. That's where she got injured. She was out for a very long time. She's since returned in April of 2023, working on the Indies. But I don't know if you know this, and I had a and I I had a feeling that maybe because I remember seeing that she was winning some dark matches and she had her own music in AEW at one point. And I was thinking maybe she could have gotten signed. I don't know if you know this, Scotty, but in June 7th. On for a rampage dark match, it was Maki Ito and Willow Nightingale defeating the team of Emi Sakura and Megan Bain, if you believe it. So she's already been back through the AEW doors and then went on this stardom excursion. They had their chance. Well, they had the chance, assuming she isn't signed already or whatever, but uh, to like a tier zero or whatever. But yeah, she's. What I know, she isn't. Yeah, that's. I'm under the same assumption, but uh. uh you know what I mean? I've heard there's been some crackings as to why she wasn't signed, but I can't confirm or deny, so I won't say much more. Um, what a tease! But she should be signed. Yeah, <laughs> like she she has she has the same effect that I think a lot of people see in Rhea Ripley in WWE. Yep, and like obviously they're different characters, but the fact remains the same of like. They have this. They just have an aura about them. She and, she uh, has the aura that for me that Charlotte Flair used to have. Mm, mm, she doesn't really Char, Charlotte Flair doesn't really have that for me so much anymore, just because she's been for me doing the same thing for like a decade. But she like you, I mean that's just factually accurate. <laughs> if you combine a Rhea Ripley and a Charlotte at a very early stages of her career, Megan Bain. I, I don't know if she'll reach that that high, but uh, sure. she has something there for sure. Yeah, uh, stardom has killed it with the international talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Her and Mariah May, I think they could just be very proud of because, truthfully, they probably made those two a lot of money. <laughs> agreed, completely <laughs> but, agreed. You know that, like those those two, if they're not the future of promotions here eventually mm-hmm. i'd be stunned oh yeah completely agree uh just real quick update i just saw on uh WrestleTix updated on twitter aw all in has officially passed the eighty thousand tickets sold uh for all in wembley stadium so that is nothing uh, made the difference uh gotta ooh, gotta be gotta be better be uh i don't know the you're so right, you're so right. You're right. It's the potential of the bunny. Um, <laughs> she, she is the Neil mover. Um, but that's 80,000 crossed. The next record, the next record they are chasing is the 80,709 uh, ticket attendance by w, set by WWE at WrestleMania 32 attendance. That is uh, 650 tickets to go to reach that. Uh, and their last update uh, it was 710. So they have two weeks to sell 650 tickets. I can't believe people are still buying tickets. And they got obviously some more matches to announce. Uh, so uh, like why are we, why are we still buying tickets? Well, good big like, seems some, like a seems like an interesting show that people are into. I mean, no, that's not what I meant. I didn't mean it like that. But it's like 
I feel there's like there's more people. The ticket probably already bought their ticket. <laughs> uh, that's fair. Maybe maybe these are the people that were smart enough to wait to see what the card will be, and uh, and then and then yeah, that makes me question it even more. Then <laughs> that's fair. Uh, next match down the line here was the IWGP. They they, they got to be sold on MJF and uh... yeah. Oh oh oh. Uh, Aussie opened on this show. Of course I'm going now. Um, that, that would be you. That would be well, yeah. <laughs> you would have been sitting there on Wednesday, like, oh, Aussie open, and then you saw the, then you saw the graphic. You're like, all right, let me uh-huh. get to the okay purchase tickets. I, look, man, I I mean, part of it is because uh, the strikes are affecting my unemployment and everything, uh, but Duluth, Georgia, coming back around for this AEW tour was it? I think it's the in between show between All In All Out or something like that. Uh, and they're doing a like they're doing a collision oh, and a yeah. and a dynamite taping, and I'm just thinking to myself, man, I, I feel like I gotta go to the show, but I I don't know if I have the money. I'm kind of waiting to either get like to like the day of or the day before to see like the, for the ticket they drop. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, second match semi semi main here. IWGB Women's title match. Mayu Utani defeats Utami Hayashida in twenty one minutes and thirty two seconds. Scotty, you have the floor. I don't get many big Mayu matches anymore, despite her being, as you just said, the IWGP Women's Champion. So every single one that I get, I appreciate just a little bit more. Um, I'm very happy Mayu kept the belt. I was very much fearing. Uh, she wouldn't even get that victory one. She wouldn't get that first defense. That finish was picture perfect. The uh, see people call it the best poison Rana ever. Essentially, you know, and she just hits it perfectly and is able to fold over onto the pin. Um, you know, Utami hitting the shocking Baszler and it not getting the job done, essentially telling her that the move that she went and figured out isn't enough for her single title aspirations. I appreciate the story of this match. This was the main event style match of the show. Does that make sense? Um, This was more though, less, I think a little less stardom, more a little uh, new Japan ish in that it was more of a build up than a you know because stardom you they'll start a little quicker they'll get a little more rapid pace these two are feeling each other out but obviously i loved it it doesn't it's it shouldn't come as a shock to anyone i think this match the main event and the tag titles were my favorite they were they i don't think they were they were easily my matches of the night everything else pretty missable in my opinion um, which we'll get to in a second but this match um, it was a great start to Mayu's reign. Now I just desperately hope that she doesn't have to wait as long, and hopefully she can get a defense maybe on a New Japan show eventually, someday. Um, it, I, I know I, I know it's asking for a lot. I know it is. But uh, with Royal Quest being announced, I doubt it's there. Um, it could be there, uh, but I doubt it's there. So I'm just kind of kind of hope. Um, I, I don't know what, again, anytime the IWGP and the strong titles come into conversation, I just don't know what the plan is. And I can tell New Japan doesn't know what the plan is. And I can tell Stardom's just kind of, they're making them 
those titles their own now, which they should, because it's really your best bet. Uh, but I love Mayu and Utami. I think uh, I could watch them forever. And uh, yeah, um, I need to talk about you and Julia though, because I need to do. I need to get something off my chest that I've had in me all day. Well, yeah, I'll just say that that poison rod at the end of the Mayu match was un- unbelievably perfect. Yeah. Yeah, when she hit, when she did the double bounce, and like she's not looking, <laughs> like, right? I think I think we have to like I need to base that like she's not looking. She has no idea if she's gonna hit it, um, and she hits it perfectly and gets that pin. People are like, "Oh, the shocking finish!" I was like, "Well, the only other time she ever hit it, she won." So mm-hmm. it wasn't that sh- like once she hit it, I was like, "Oh shit!" Um, so I was looking at your uh, Duluth tickets while I was. <laughs> How are they decently priced? Am I am I in the doghouse? Uh, Thirty-five dollar ticket. Huh? Well, you know, fees are gonna make it like seventy. Um, uh, yeah. I gotta look. I look at look into it. It's pretty good price though. Thirty-five bucks for uh, my bottom bowl. My hope is that they'll drop further, like day of or day before. That's that's what I'm hoping. Give them to me for free. <laughs> now we're talking. Now we're talking. <laughs> um. Uh, next match, uh, going down the card here, the New Japan Strong Women's Title match. That is Julia defeating you, not me, you, in 19 minutes and one second. Uh, what did you think about this match? I'm so done with you in singles matches and stuff. Oh, not me. Sorry. Done. Done. Finish. Don't Get do it. Hit the bricks. I've seen you have good mat, good great matches. Mm-hmm. These last two appearances have done all I need to say. No more of this. Wow. It wasn't Julia's fault. Yeah. Julia fought from underneath, which doesn't happen all that much, which is weird. Mm-hmm. I'll admit that. Mm-hmm. I know she did a decent enough job, but yeah. Uh, I'm good with the whole you. Not you. Not you. Me? You, oh. Two yous. I oh. was, I don't know if this is a hot take. Extremely bored during this match. Yeah, I think it's a lot. That's I. Ju- I just said I wanted to get rid of her. <laughs> I was you can tell I wasn't like very happy with it. I was so bored during this match, like ten minutes too long. Yeah, like, and it was those first ten minutes that drove me insane. Yeah, <laughs> I, I. I think I went like three on this. Like, I was just like I. I there it's was the worst Julius singles match I've seen in a long time. Yeah, there was most boring for sure. I think I think there was good work put in. I think there was effort there, but just like unbearably long. And it didn't help how Stardom is miking their crowds because you don't hear a single thing. Uh-huh. This match suffered the most from it because I think I think you could hear the crowds in the last two matches, like they got through sure. this match, dead silence. Which is shocking because it's Julia. Because after, after when she said she was going to America, they lost their shit. Yeah. <laughs> when when she announced that, which I guess is the big talking point. Yeah. This match was nearly 20 minutes, nearly the longest match of the night, and it was way too long. It felt like the longest match. Yeah. It felt like a, a century, and I was not into this whatsoever. The worst Julia singles match in a very long time. Of course, Julia had an announcement to make after the match, which we'll talk about momentarily. Uh, other matches on the show, the tag team Goddess of Stardom title match restart. Natsupoi and Sari, Sayori Anu were able to defeat the Scotty team of Rose Gold, Mariah May, and Mina Shirakawa. 
uh, in 13 minutes, 24 seconds. I thought this was pretty good. Yeah, I, uh, I had a lot of fun with this. Um, I like, I just like the stardom tag team style. I think they just pretty much, they get in there, they suplex each other a million times, they hurt each other, they beat the snot out of each other, mm-hmm. they get out. It's it's very entertaining. It's a good, it's a good, um, it's a good yeah. system. It's a good yeah, system. Yeah, it's a very good system. And uh, while I wish Mina and Mariah had a longer reign, yep. I will not complain to Sayori and Natsupoy as champion because Sayori's been doing incredible work um, and Natsupoy is up as well. So, bravo. Good good match. Um, between this and the last two, these are my favorite matches of the night. Easily, everything else, pretty skippable on the show. And then, of course, following that, Suzu Suzuki and May Sierra. May Sierra? Sierra? No. May Sierra. Sarah? I think, it's Sarah? I think it's Sarah, much like Reese's Sarah, just spelled differently. Okay. I can understand why you would get that confused, though. Uh, it is spelled differently. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like, where do I, how do I, what emphasis do I put on this I? Um, they, of course, challenged the new title holders yeah. post match. So yeah, that they be- sure did. They sure <laughs> did. That's going to that's gonna be class, folks. That should they be They sure did. Well, the moment Suzu got up, I was like, finally. Finally, a Suzu title match. I've, only, I've been waiting. Um, but yeah, Star Trek Stardom overall. Um, I got. I don't need to go through the other stuff. I'll just uh, say real quickly: the rest of the matches were Saki Kashima defeated Kogama, which I thought was uh, good. Not as good. Not the best high speed title match. Uh, Starlight Kid versus Natsuku Tora. Uh, fine. And then I did not watch the Gauntlet tag team match where Suzu Suzuki and Mesa Sarah won, and then ultimately challenged for the new titles. Yeah. Um, overall, good effort from Stardom again. Um, mm-hmm. but definitely left a little on the table with that Julia Yu match. But when three out three out of the four matches that are like the main matches hit, I can't complain. Um Yeah. And 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 they have a lot of good developments moving forward, which of course the big one comes this weekend. That is true. We'll have the what is it called? The Midsummer Festival is happening this saturday oh i i i i i meant i meant the i meant the impact match <laughs> oh okay sure but the, the midsummer festival is also happening this saturday uh but the impact match is happening this sunday impact wrestling new japan multiverse united 2 for whom the bell tolls happening in the 2300 arena um, thank you um the card is as follows uh we're running out of time here so i'll just go through this card quickly uh the Impact World Title Match: Alex Shelley versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. Uh, Hiro- oh <laughs> Hiro- Taka. I'm gonna, give, I'm gonna give quick responses to each. Please do. Oh boy. Uh, oh boy. <laughs> I, I think that should be interesting. I, it's gonna be a Zack Saber. Definitely be interesting. It'd be Saber esque. Uh, Hiroshi Takahashi and Mike Bailey versus Leo Rush and Trey Miguel. Yeah, that baby. Sammy Callahan versus Doki. Yeah, oh, baby. Here we go. Why is that? <laughs> Match. Here we go, baby. Doki. Doki match. That's what we're about, though. Uh, he's gonna win a cheese steak and then shove it in Sammy Callahan's butt. It's gonna be good. Uh, <laughs> Eddie Edwards and Moose taking on TMDK, Zack Saber Jr., and Shane Haste. That could be pretty good. Yeah, that should be fine. Uh, 12-man tag team match, Bullet Club versus The World, Ace Austin, Alex Coughlin, Chris Bay, Clark Connors, David Finley, and Kenta versus El Fantasmo, Josh Alexander, PCO, Tamatonga, Tonga, Loa, and the DKC. 
Seven-way scramble match, Chris Saban versus Frankie Kazarian, Bushi, Rich Swan, El Desperado, Mao, and Kevin Knight. What is Mao doing here picking up a booking? Didn't realize he worked for New Japan. Shout out to Mao. Just get in the spot on this card. They're like, yeah, he's on the Junior Festival. Why not? Feels like this spot could have gone to somebody else. Oh, guy would have made more sense to me. Uh, TJP could have made sense, right? He's on the he's on the other show. I mean, that's funny. They're just like, yeah, let's get Mao on here. <laughs> yeah, I saw that announcement. I was like, Mao. All right, I guess that's, that's the Miu Yamashita spot from uh, the last yep. one where they were like, uh, yeah, <laughs> sure, <laughs> come along, sense. come along. Uh, but that should be interesting. Uh, and then, of course, the New Japan Strong Women's Title Four Way Match: Julia will be defending her title against Diana Perazzo, Giselle Shaw, and Momo Kogo. And that is Multiverse United yeah. Two next Sunday. Let's play a game real quick. Sure. Does Tony Khan book Julia? No. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of question is that? Uh, does you he book? Think you would watch Julia on a show. You would think. When Julia comes to the States, in Philadelphia, when you're running, I don't know, the East Coast currently, that you can easily get Julia to come in on a Wednesday, right? Yeah. yeah. She uh, has to be back for the 26th, obviously. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. She's not, she's not coming back for... No, yeah. So, yeah, she'll be here for the 20th. She has to be back for the Saturday. So, she could work Wednesday. I mean... If anything, here's the thing. If Julia is going to work AEW, it's going to be in a Rampage match versus like Sky Blue and defending the New Japan Strong Women's title. That's what it's going to be. That's Oh, Tommy was on Ring of Honor without her music. So like, what's better? That's also true. The problem is, is that Julia would be a title holder. So there's that. Uh, whereas Tommy wasn't, I guess, so you can get away with it. But I'm greatly entertained by these conversations because, guys, 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 folks, folks, people, there, there's a conversation to be had that Impact was able to book Julia and <laughs> yeah, and Momokogo. They got two. Impact was yeah. able to book the the wrestler that I feel like everyone always talks about. It's like, oh yeah, that that would be the one. And they couldn't get any last year, remember? They only got Miyu Yamashita. Yeah. This well, that was actually earlier this year. That was WrestleMania weekend. Sure. But they got only got oh, Miyu yes. Yamashita for that. This year, they were to get two starting wrestlers. Seems easy the, enough. The biggest one. GCW booked them. The, the, the second biggest one. What, clearly, clearly something's not clicking here. Hmm. And you would think when... Your yeah, champ. You want her to show them up, right? Like we, we, days before All In, where you have four. A legendary. Shouldn't be in there. Legendary four way, by the way. Well, the problem is, right, is that, like, you know. There's a lot of problems. There's a lot of problems, but it's like, it's interesting because it's like, you would think that, like, when your world, women's world champion is like a, a Joshi wrestler and. You have a lot of, you know, Riho was a was your first champion and she was very popular. And, you know, yeah. you, you, you run a main event with Sheeta in it and it does really well ratings wise. So you do another main event with Sheeta in it and uh, did fairly well, you know, that you Banana would. J defense, yeah. Yeah. You, you would think that, hey, you know, maybe, maybe Tony Khan likes Joshi wrestlers all of a sudden. It's like, I, 
you know, not enough. <laughs> I, I I get Shayna versus Julia not happening, but uh, no, no, I get that too. But like, you could you could book Emmy Sakura and Julia, no one about an eye. Emmy Sakura versus Julia on Rampage would actually kick ass. So here's the thing: 100. Okay. percent By the way, 100. percent If the match were to happen and Julia would be able to be in AEW. It would 100% be on Rampage. It's not going to be on Dynamite. It's not not Collision or Ring of Honor, obviously. It would have to be Rampage. That's Uh, the go-home, remember. Yeah. For All In, their biggest show ever. uh, Timing's a son of a bitch. You're right. You're right. That would be. (laughs) Timing's a son of a bitch. (sighs) Emmy Sakura would be fun. Ring of Honor it is. (laughs) Emmy Sakura would be fun, Scotty, but I'm putting my money down on Sky Blue. 100% 100% money down on Sky Blue right now. I'm just going to go with... Yeah, I, I think it happens. Probably, hopefully. I mean, if you if she's there, you don't book her. If she works one match mm-hmm. over there, her first time to America... Mm-hmm. Even if she doesn't defend the title, I would love... I don't care if she can defend the title. No, you know what you could do on Rampage? Here we go. Ready? I already booked a bite. I already booked a banger, so that's fine. Well, I know, but let's say you don't want to defend the title, right? Just repeat yeah. the collision match. Diamante and Mercedes Martinez versus Willow Nightingale and Julia. Just do that one. That's easy. No. Yeah. That's a fun little rampage match. <sighs> Some history so between Willow that's and Julia. That's what we get for trying. Yeah. Plugs! <laughs> Outro and plugs! Sorry about that, folks. Um, Asher Unplugged, Scotty, where can people find you on the internet and what was your match of the week? And you can find me on X at Scotty Wrestling. Hit him with the X. Uh, you can see me uh, on there. Um, I think that's it. Or threads, I guess I'm there too. Uh, if, that, if that's up here, I, I don't think I use I don't think I've looked at threads in weeks, but mm-hmm. it's, it exists. It's an okay. option. It exists. It's an option. So you can always follow that, but you can follow me on Twitter at Scotty Wrestling, like I said. Um, oh, boy. Match of the week, huh? Ooh, it's toughy. Ooh. Ooh, we'll, do, uh, we'll do Shuri and Natsukoi from the Five Star Grand Prix uh, at the Kyoto show on the 8th. Nice. This is nice. I got to catch up. I forgot the Five Star Grand Prix was happening. There's yeah. so much going on. I, I spent so much of my week catching up with New Japan that I'm now behind on... I had no choice. Yeah, I'm behind on Noah. I'm behind on Stardom. I heard uh, Noah had a, finally had a great match in the N1. I, um, I have seen people say that the N1 is good. I i haven't watched the latest day. I watched it the other day. Okay. Uh, Jima and Wagner had a good match. I can guess that one. But I was told that Shizaki versus Wagner was... Wagner, baby. MVP, I Wagner. I read someone that just said Go Shizaki is back and I got amped. <laughs> I was like, that that is what I need. I, I need Noah to be back. And if he says I am Noah, that's the only way Noah gets back. Agreed. Agreed. My match of the week is gonna be the AW Dynamite match, Claudio Castagnoli and John Moxley versus Phoenix and Pentagon versus Lucha Bros. I thought that was good. That was really good. Um, plugs. I'm gonna say this as a plug patreon.com forward slash cannot pod. Uh, I believe we'll have another episode of Ryan hasn't seen anything out tomorrow on there, but more importantly, uh, 
If you're not a member of the Patreon, I will respond with this. What are you doing? The Patreon's got uh, a lot of good content from not just Ring Post Radio, but a bunch of the shows on the Count Podcast Network, like Okada Shorts, Your Dose of Death. Uh, Star Road doesn't have anything on there, but maybe eventually one day. Um, little jab there. Uh, but uh not only there but if you are not a subscriber to the patreon you can join it for your first seven days for free to get a taste of what we got and if you want to deal with all the rss fee nonsense well i got something for you you can listen to the audio that's on our patreon obviously we have some videos and all this other stuff but you can listen to the audio that's on our patreon on spotify right now if you go to spotify and you search count out uh patreon feed you will find it you can subscribe to it uh for five dollars a month i presume uh and you will be able to listen to uh all of our uh audio on spotify right now uh knowing that knowing that i can do that i'm probably gonna go back and make audio versions of all of our ryan hasn't seen anything episodes um just so we can add that content as well to the feed but uh yeah you can go back right now go to spotify and subscribe to our Patreon through Spotify. Just make it easier on yourself. Don't deal with RSSSV nonsense. Don't look up how to read, add it to your podcast app. Just go to Spotify.com, I assume, .org.net. Um, and yeah, subscribe to Patreon.com forward slash count out pod. Uh, hitting Monday next week, right? What's that? We're on Monday next week? Yes. Next week, we will be recording another Ring Post Radio Nights uh, on Monday. I already said it earlier in this episode, but this weekend is my bachelor's party, so I will be away from it all. Uh, So we'll come back uh, Monday night. You picked a good week. Not a lot going on. Yeah. uh, Sadly, I'm going to miss real one and and some real-time action. Uh, That's upsetting. But uh, Punk's like kicked out of AEW again or (laughs) Oh, yeah. There's more and more news coming out about this guy. It's like floodgates opening. Um, but, yeah, so I'm going to take my time and, <clears throat> you know, watch some more Noah, watch some more Stardom, and and Scotty will talk to us about Multiverse United 2, I guess, and whatever to watch. Well, pretty much just me talking and Ryan being like, lead it, just, just pushing the envelope, pushing the way. You know? Oh, yeah, but, hey, but even better, we'll be previewing next week as well, all in, of course, yeah, at Wembley. And of course, the other big one, Scotty, you can't forget Impact Emergence. Impact Emergence is happening that week as well. Starring Sonata. Starring Sonata, the IWGP World Champion, baby. Will Evil be making an appearance? Find out. Uh, That'd be so good. Evil should come to the United States. Evil should replace a real one. Um, (laughs) That is it for this week's episode of Ring Puss Radio Nights. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you have, please leave us a review. We have nights three weeks in a row. I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut you off, but we have nights three weeks in a row. Uh, We didn't have it last week, did we? No. This week, next week, and then we're going after All In. That'll be our usual episode. That is true. We have three weeks of nights. I got a lot of, I need to buy a bottle of wine for myself just to keep up. And then the week after that, it's all out. So we're going to record at night again. That is true. That is, these are all accurate. That's a little different. Yes, that is different. Patreon.com for my tongue. So goodbye. Patreon.com for slash kind of pod. The only other thing to say, if you like the show, uh, leave a review on, on your podcast player, iTunes, especially that helps the most for some reason. Five stars. Greatly appreciate it. 
Uh, follow us on Twitter at CanOcPod and do all this stuff. Oh, whatever. Uh, uh, anything else? Patreon.com forward slash CanOcPod. We've got another episode of all that stuff, and I'll figure out the audio. And you get all that on Spotify. Uh, until next week, again, Monday night, probably same time, 7 or 8 o'clock. Uh, we'll be live recording, and the episode will come out the day after because I'm going to get my beauty sleep. Um, I think that's it. Uh, Scotty, any last thoughts? Have a good one out there, everyone. Bye. Hey. Have you guys heard of the new show on the Canat Network, the Ichiban Sweetcast? It's the brand new New Japan Pro Wrestling podcast starring the International Wrestling Grand Prix. That's me, your good friend Curtis Spears. And me, your bad friend Rafe Houston. And we're here to talk about everything New Japan Pro Wrestling, reacting to everything, getting worked up, getting very happy, sometimes crying. Kind of like like something else we used to do, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that was the old uh, Okada Shorts podcast, right? Ah, that's right. And if you love that show, you're going to love this show because it's exactly the same show. Yeah, we just had to change the name. Yeah, we, we did. But you can check it everywhere on a social media handle that we haven't made yet. <laughs> yeah, we're really new to this. So <laughs> what you can do is search on your favorite podcast catcher of choice. Look for the Ichiban Sweetcast. Sweetcast, Ichiban. This has been a Count Out Podcast. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.